the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right. So, uh, Russ, my uh, computer was turned off. The screen was turned off today. I didn't turn it off. I know you didn't turn it off. It must have been Trump's administration. <laughs> I'm telling you, they must have snuck in last. <laughs> they snuck in last night. Turned off my uh, screen on my computer. I was lost. I didn't. Know. Russ came over here. He's looking and because he's the OM. He's the operations manager. Man, anything goes oh, wrong. Oh, thanks for telling everybody. Now. <laughs> he's got to fix it if it goes wrong. You know, he shows up and he starts. He starts looking around and he did the first thing I did. I looked down at the at the brick at the bottom and it's on. I see the light glowing. And then uh, he pushed on the button on the screen and it came on. I'm telling you, somebody, it was, maybe it was Strzok. Could have been him, you know. Him and Paige talking. I don't know. <laughs> it's a conspiracy. <laughs> well, you listen to the left, everything's a conspiracy. It's a He's on the left side of your desk. Yeah, that's true. The, the, president, <laughs> the president is responsible for Florence, not Italy. The big uh, hurricane that's out there, that's, that's Trump's fault. I thought he did really well yesterday talking to the people of South Carolina, North Carolina, and say, get the heck out of Dodge, man. We'll help you rebuild after it's over with, but get out of there. We want you to be there when we come in to help re- rebuild everything. Amazing. Dr. Terry Yamauchi is here. He likes coming in here. He likes to talk about cool stuff like, well, this is not cool. All right. I caught hepatitis A when I was in Guam in the air force was 28 years old and i got it from a food stand down on taragi beach now any of you guys that served overseas and were on uh, guam know where taragi beach is that's the beach where you go down to the twisty road down the side of the island and it's got the dragon head that you, that you see as you go down but the some guy that was serving food didn't wash his hands and uh, I got sick, and two other guys got sick. And I they took me down. Now, my end of, of, uh, of Guam, that was Anderson Air Force Base. The other end of the island was Big Navy. It was Deepwater Port. And they had the big hospital down there. So they sent me down there and put me into uh, solitary confinement, basically. Nobody could come visit me. Uh, I couldn't get out. I was out on the porch on the lanai. That's where they kept my my room at. And they put me on these huge doses of vitamins because they didn't have any kind of any medicines to give you. They they had to kind of, is it right? Yeah, they just kind of let it run its course back. And this was in the late 70s. Do they have medicines now that they can give you for hepatitis A? <laughs> not, not really. Okay. Mm-hmm. Still rest and, you know good nutrition and staying away from other people See, i thought you were gonna tell us you got it in the eye of the hurricane i wish i wish no i didn't do a hurricane i did it was a uh a typhoon oh typhoon. they're called a typhoon over there 
Yeah, I was telling I was telling the doc. Then she could have got typhoid. Yeah, I got a <laughs> I've got a, a wall plaque uh, in my office from uh, the reconnaissance squadron uh, there on Guam because I uh, I rode with them. It says uh, Typhoon Chaser on it because I rode with them uh, through Typhoon Rita, which at that time was the uh, typhoon with the lowest isobar reading ever. And it was a monster. And it tore up Guam. Let me just tell you, it tore up Guam when it came over us. And uh, it was wild. But riding through that, you'd like that. You know, people... No, you, I wouldn't. You see, <laughs> you see those, uh, you know, the YouTube stuff? We ran into some, uh, you know, uh, bad times on the flight back from wherever... See, and it shows them going boom, 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 you know, and it's just bouncing up and down. Jeez, you don't have any idea. <laughs> You'd fall. Seriously, you can be in one of those and drop the equivalent of 18 floors. Just whoop, And your your stomach is like up between your ears when that happens. And uh, there's an old saying that there are those who have, who have thrown up on C-130s and those that will. <laughs> Everybody who flies on C-130s for any length of time is going to puke. Just wait, it's because you fly typically low, and you fly through really crappy weather, and you're you're just jumping all over the sky with them. And I did that, but I was telling you, let me just, again, you go into the eye perfectly still. Sun coming down the middle. Look like a big shaft of light coming down. It looks like you're getting ready to be taken up into a UFO or something. It's like walking into the legislature. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah. But birds are flying around in there. Yeah, you that's know what I'm saying. It's, just, it's amazing. It's amazing. And then you got to go through the other wall of the eye and make your way into the storm. It's crazy. It really was like they said, we'll let you do it, and they set it up so that we we were patched up that I could uh, do live reports from it with our guys that were live on the air uh, back at the station. It's crazy. It's crazy. They said, well, how is it, Dave? Erp. I will never let you talk me into this again. <laughs> it was really wild. But, uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I'm just telling you, look at that picture from space. And isn't it cool that we've got these satellites that give us those pictures of these hurricanes and stuff? That And that has such a well-defined eye. Whew. Category 4 right now, 140-mile-an-hour winds. Sustained. Sustained. 75 miles outside the eye, the, the, the winds are 140 miles an hour. And it's it's traveling at the incredible speed of... 15 miles an hour so just to get through that 75 miles you're talking hours and what happens is you know it's coming in and it's turning in you know clockwise fashion the winds come in and they hit you from the right and then you hit the eye and everybody goes this is over it's over and people will run outside and all of a sudden (laughs) the winds after about you know 45 minutes start picking up again now they're coming from the left and (laughs) it's wild yeah, wow. it's, it's a crazy thing to go through. It really is. But everybody thinks it's <clears> over. when the, and, and you're on the air and you say, stay in your safe area. You know, do not go out. Because over on Guam, you know what everybody was worried about? 
coconuts. Think about that. You get get a get a coconut at about 160 miles an hour. It's like a cannonball. Like cannon That's exactly right. It's like a cannonball. We had they they fixed up the housing. the The walls were 12 inches thick concrete, and on the outside they had shutters that you closed, and everybody had to go out and close them, get ready for when the storms were coming. And you'd hear those things hit. They'd hit the house and it call boom. And going, I'm glad I'm in here. You know, my wife's got a f- friend that lives on the Big Island in Hawaii. Well, they had a good time, didn't and they? they. She was talking to my wife, and they were having. You know, the volcano was going off, yeah. <clears throat> and just a uh, few days later, they had a storm hit them, and they got like forty inches of rain. Yeah, you, now, say, you know that's just that's a lot of water. Did you hear that they're saying that along the uh, south and uh, North Carolinian coast, there are going to be areas that have nine foot yeah. of water? Yeah. The devastation there. This is If this is what they say it is when it hits and it, it doesn't dissipate and it doesn't look like it's going to, it's well defined and packed in. Uh, it's going to, it's just going to, it's going to be huge. They're saying that they're going to have, Huge floods all the way into Pennsylvania because it's going to just dump water. In, in something like that, Doc, I mean, you're, you're infectious diseases. That's going to bring infectious diseases. They're already talking absolutely, about Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you're talking if people have, uh, you know, uh, their, their toilets out there in the lawn, you know, they just, you know, working with those. That stuff's going to overflow. You're going to have that stuff getting in streams. It's going to be in your water supply. It's going to be all over the place. Right. And there, you know, I heard this morning that they were talking about the pig farms. Oh, my God. And, you know. Never thought about that. What about our pig farm? Yeah. You know, was something like that happened. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, we don't know the, all the bad things because we're not a really an area of high-risk flooding. When I say high, we flood, but it's yeah. not like – you know, it's not like nine feet. You know, it's not like a storm surge that could be as high as twelve feet. Yeah, but you so see, you're you're tall. Yeah, I'm six one. <laughs> I'm not that tall. Yeah, well, so I'm in trouble. I may be six one. If it's a twelve foot surge, it don't do me any good. I'm just telling you. And the uh, riptides are not fun to be in as well. Now, the reason I talked about getting hepatitis A is when we come back after the break. Uh, we're having a problem with hepatitis A here in the state of uh, Arkansas, and evidently it comes from one location from the article I read. Well, that's one article, but yeah, well, we'll talk about that. It's not okay. one, just a single location. Okay, good. Gives us something something to talk about when we get when we get back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Dr. Terry Yamauchi is our guest. 17 minutes after uh, 2 o'clock. Don't forget, excuse me, don't forget about Lucas. Wow, that just came out of nowhere. <laughs> I, in the eye of a tornado, a hurricane, or whatever. We're going to take a break. We'll be back. <laughs> well, did you know there are 567 different ways to claim your Social Security benefits? I'm going to find out about this because next year I can start claiming my Social Security. And because. Uh, I'm over 65, I can claim my Social Security, and I can continue to work, and I don't get punished for it, which is a good thing. 
There's 2,728 rules in the Social Security Handbook, and the government tells the uh, Social Security Administration that they're forbidden to offer you any personalized advice. That means you're on your own. That's probably a reason why as much as $10 billion in benefits go unclaimed every year in Social Security. You can learn how you could wring every nickel out of your Social Security benefits. Get yourself an up-to-date 2018 guide to Social Security. David Lucas has them. Host the David Lucas Show that you hear on uh, 101.1 FM, The Answer, Saturdays, 10 a.m., 3 p.m. To get your free 2018 guide to Social Security, it's real easy. Be one of the first 10 callers right now at 501-653-6690. Don't leave thousands of dollars on the table of your retirement. Get back every nickel that's rightfully yours. Call 501-653-6690 or visit davidlucasfinancial.com. All right, with us, uh, Dr. Terry Yamauchi. Okay, so we've got situations of uh, hepatitis A here in the state of Arkansas. The diagnosis of a restaurant worker in Fort Smith with hepatitis A prompted the State Department of Health Wednesday to issue its second and uh, second alert about the disease in as many days. Now, this was like last Wednesday? No, a week before that. Week before. A couple okay. Weeks old, yeah. okay, so it was a red lobster that this happened at. Well, there's a couple establishments where we've had hepatitis A associated with those one was a pizza place, and Red Lobster was one, and I believe a, a fried chicken or a chicken house, a chicken serving restaurant was one okay. that, down near Hot Springs. So it's not just a single uh, location, but it's usually nowadays it's usually traced to a, a food handler in one of these estab- types of establishments. Okay, well, here, here's my question. Okay, so you know that, you know, Patient zero, so to speak. Yes. Was this one here in Fort Smith? There's evidently one in Paragool, and then you brought up Hot Springs. Where did they get the disease? Because they had to, you know, contract it somewhere. Right. Well, Dave, one of the things about hepatitis is that it's got a very long incubation period, and these people may have got it from another establishment. They could have got it from a family member or a visitor. Uh, so it's very hard to track back that index case that started the whole show. It's easier to find that index case that showed up from that establishment than track back, find the person in the establishment that where they got it. Okay. okay. But, you know, as you know, it's, a, it's transmitted by fecal contaminations. Mm-hmm. So just a small, small amount of fecal material where somebody can ingest it or get it in their mucous membranes or inject it uh, can can cause this disease. Uh, That's why food workers, whenever they use the restroom, are supposed to always wash their hands. Correct, correct. Now, <clears throat> people have to remember, though, that the liver is this organ in our body that helps uh, detoxify it's a filter, right? And it helps with all kinds of situations. So, um, you know, when I was a resident, I was looking at different diseases, and almost every viral infectious disease 
will cause your hepatitis, your liver to become inflamed to some degree. It may not be symptomatic, but if you do liver function tests, you'll find abnormal liver function tests from things as common as a cold. Okay. And then drugs or medications that you take may compound that or increase that. Fortunately, most people who get hepatitis, inflammation of the liver, don't have much in the way of symptomatology. It's, it's a fairly common disease that we don't know we have. Really? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. You get it bad enough, though. It, Absolutely. It, it, you'll know it. Absolutely. You can die from it. Yeah. You know, and it's one of those diseases that, that can be prevented with vaccines. So besides the common things like I've told you before and said on this show before, things like uh, staying away from people that you know have the disease, staying away from the establishments where it was originated in the outbreak that and the other thing about hepatitis a is it's got a very long incubation period it can go for you know month two months three months maybe even out six months before somebody who was exposed actually develops significant symptomatic disease but that's also makes it hard because they can carry the virus and spread the virus when they have no symptoms that's kind of scary all right so there's you Somewhere along the line, you're going to know that you're not feeling well and there's something wrong. What are some of the things people should be watching for? Well, first of all, as you mentioned, probably the majority of people don't know they have the disease. So it doesn't, it's just a mild illness that, you know, you think you got a cold or a flu or some excuse. You feel run down. You feel run down, tired. Um, but when you get, as the symptoms develop to a higher degree, you can have nausea, vomiting, you can have joint pain, muscle pain. See those symptoms? Go with a lot of things. Go with a lot of things. Now, uh, of course, because the liver is involved, it can cause uh, jaundice or uh, uh, yellowish tinge to your skin or to your to your eye uh, uh, conjunctiva or. Uh, the white Sclera. of your eye can can turn kind of yellow. Make sure you're in orange. Mm-hmm. And I, remember I, I I too had hepatitis when I was younger. And you know, medical humor being as it is, my fellow doctor said, "Well, yeah, I'm a Uchi. You know, how do we know if you're <laughs> jaundice?" <laughs> you know, oh. It's pretty. That's a pretty. Can't do that now. Well, you know, among doctors, I guess you know. I we, guess. We did, I mean, so yeah those so those are the things you have to look for but you know it 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 used to be that well it depends a lot too on uh, social economic groups countries where there's sanitation is not as good um social economic standards are not as high so cleanliness can be a problem i'll tell you what my pee look like light coffee Okay. kind of a, a dark turn to yeah it. well that's one of the things you know urine can be significant sign of other illnesses in the kidney or the liver or mm-hmm. somewhere else in the body so that's one of the things that you you watch for well, got my attention i bet and it's not normal you know you see things that and that's the thing if you see something that is just you know as they would say in young frankenstein abby normal uh you just don't want you don't want to uh you want to get a check. You want a doctor to tell you that it's nothing, you know, really, really serious. Right, right. You got you got the first sergeant in trouble 
when I was in the, the Air Force because it was time for my test, my PT test. And I told him I felt terrible. And I did. I felt really terrible. He still made me go out and, and do my run. And I still passed. But I went right to sick bay right after it was over with. And uh, the flight surgeon wanted to know who the first sergeant's name was. And he got his butt in sling because of that. Because they're supposed to send you to sick bay no matter what. And then they sent me down to Big Navy, and I was there. It seems like to me, if I remember correctly, almost two months. There for a long time. Didn't like it. It was boring, to say the least. All right, so when we come back, let's talk, talk a little bit about people can get shots uh, to, uh, to battle against this. And uh, we want to talk about what you should do and, you know, pay attention when you go out eating and stuff. Time for the news. All right, back with you. Don't forget about Applied Research. They still have a bunch of clinical research studies going on, and they need some people to uh, help them out. They're, these drugs that they're having tested are in the final phases before they can make the market, and, uh, you know, they got a long way that they have to go from the very beginning to when they do go to the market. And here you have a situation where they've got, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, about ten different uh, tests that they have going on right now. If you like to see if you can get involved in them, number one, you get the medicine for free. Number two, you get compensated for it. Number three, nothing bad's going to happen to you because it's gone through all the other uh, clinical studies to make sure that there's nothing serious uh, that it's going to do to you. This is just to see if it does what it's supposed to do. All you have to do to uh, get involved in any of these tests is to go to ARC Arkansas. That's one word, ARCArkansas.com, or call 501-954-7822. It'll talk to you, ask you a few questions, tell you if you can get into the study. If not, they're going to take you and hold on to uh, you and uh, your name and your number, your contact information, and then if something comes up in the future that they can use you uh, in one of the studies, they'll contact you at that time. That's ARCArkansas.com, or their phone number is 501-954-7822. Dr. Terry Yamauchi is with us. We've been talking about this outbreak we've seen of hepatitis. Uh, This is from a couple of weeks ago, the story that I have in front of me says that uh, this has resulted in about 80 infections and one death in northeastern Arkansas. That would be up towards the Paragould area. Uh, Doc, uh, did it spread any larger than the 80, this initial 80 we, we've heard of? And then what do uh, do you all do at that point? The 80 that that article refers to are, are known cases. And as, as I mentioned before, Hepatitis has all many many different stages, and and there's a lot more asymptomatic cases than symptomatic. So there are okay. probably a lot more cases that never came to came to our notice. Uh, we still continue to have some, but we don't have any right now. Don't have any concentrated areas, um, but it's it's around the whole country, not just Arkansas. Have had cases of hepatitis this year. And um, uh, it will we'll see cases periodically for a long time. Any, As, any idea why it it comes and wanes like that? Probably the possible potential exposures and how many uh, uh, 
people that are exposed are exposing other people. I mean, just like any infectious disease and in epidemics, uh, depends on how many people are exposed to the infectious agent. Okay, so if you're in one of these areas that uh, you know, like Fort Smith, Paragould, Hot Springs, or whatever, what are some preventive measures you can take uh, to protect yourself? Well, first of all, if you know that, for example, a restaurant or an area has had more cases than than they should than you expect uh, you might stay indoors or you might not you might not go to those establishments right now i will uh, tell you just that there is one large restaurant chain i'm not going to name them but the bottom line i won't eat there anymore yeah. because they've had a history now of these problems yeah yes i and i know some of those or at least that name you're probably referring to. But but uh, the other thing is, to, you know, observe the staff. Are they washing their hands? Mm-hmm. You know, are they – if they're handling food, are they wearing gloves? That's a very important – Yeah, get the little plastic gloves on. Yeah, that's a very important thing. And, you know, persons that are symptomatic, you want to try not to be sharing food or, you know – uh, materials that might get into your mucous membranes. Okay. Hepatitis, there's all different kinds. Absolutely. There's A and C and There's A, kinds. there's B, there's C, there's D, there's non-A, non-B. <laughs> no, I'm, 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 I understand. I'm, not, I mean, I'm not kidding. And I, as I told you in the first portion of the, of the show program, um, almost every virus that we know out there can cause your liver to become inflamed right. or to affect the, fun- the function of your liver. So just to say, you know, this virus here causes hepatitis uh, is almost a non, non-term because okay. so many can cause it. But we just associate those viruses right now because we know we've had symptomatic disease with those and have been recovered from persons with uh, symptomatic disease and abnormal liver functions. You know, I, I, we all watch television. We all see the advertisements for, for uh, different medications. And there's one out now they talk about, I guess it's hepatitis C, if I'm not mistaken. You may have hepatitis C. You yes. don't even know it. Yes. You should be tested for it. Uh, talk a little bit about that, just so people don't get all this mixed together. Well, that's why I didn't want to talk, so they wouldn't. Oh, okay, they wouldn't so get, they would get it mixed. Hepatitis up. C is another one of the viruses that causes hepatitis. It's, going to, it's distinguished by specific tests. Okay. And right now, we do have an excellent treatment for that, and people can be cured of that disease. But I didn't want to talk about too many different kinds of hepatitis. Because as together. I mentioned to you, there's even even medications that you take can cause hepatitis oh wow i didn't know that well again the liver is an organ that is like a detoxifying yeah it's a sieve everything goes through it it, it's cleared by you know alcohol if you drink a lot of alcohol your liver can get inflamed right and you get abnormal liver functions so that alcohol can be a liver a hepatitis agent in that it makes inflammation of the liver okay see so and and what bothers me is I think there are different combinations of drugs that we don't know. You know, they may act together or in combination that we're taking them for something completely different. But in combination, they may have some toxicity to the liver. That scares me because I know people out there taking four or five, six drugs 
uh, for medical purposes. And uh, supposedly our pharmacists are supposed to be able to computerize that and say, oh, you're taking drug A and C and D may have some effect on A. And, you know, you got to – that scares me because I yeah. don't know all those combinations. Yeah, and do the pharmacists. Yeah, so, well, they yeah, should have that computerized to some degree, I would think. Yeah. Let's hope. Yeah, I'm just saying, I don't, I don't know. No, I mean, I, I think that, and, and if you think about it, which is what I like people to, th- to think about after we, we talk like this, is that could that happen? Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Why not? Well, here's the other thing a lot of people don't think about as far as your liver is concerned. You know, a lot of people just swallow pain pills left and right. Right. Correct. You take too many of those, you'll kill your liver. It's not right. a good thing to do. All right. Then, then there's the same thing with, with your kidneys, some of the most common pain pills like the uh, the uh, Tylenol and things like that. Tylenol right? is usually cleared more through the liver, so Tylenol okay. can be uh, liver toxic. How about the ibuprofen? Uh, ibuprofen is our kidney. Okay. And, and then some of those uh, you know professional athletes have had actually had liver pro- uh, kidney problems because of the high, high doses of ibuprofen that they take. Amazing. Dr. Terry... Amuchi is our guest. We're going to keep him here just for a few more moments uh, to the top of the hour. There's one other subject that I specifically want to talk to him about. If you got a pet, stay tuned. Some important things that we need to talk about with you. Sunny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. I use them extensively. Over the last couple of years, I've called RD probably every four months, uh, keeping uh, a uh, Corolla I got running. We've put a new engine in it or one of his uh, recycled engines and a recycled uh, uh, transmission, some other things as well. Cost me about a third to a half of what a new one would cost. And, uh, you know, they just got a few, just got some uh, a few miles on it, well under what you'd expect for them to, when they're getting ready to give up the ghost and you save yourself some money. And the car works well, and you get you can get yourself a three-year warranty, parts and labor, and unlimited mileage during that three years. It means you don't have to worry about nothing about that part during that three years. Uh, talk to R.D. and his staff at Sunny's Auto Salvage about keeping your car going. It's a lot cheaper to do it that way than it is to buy a new car and have a monthly car payment. 982-7451 is the number to call at Sonny's Auto Salvage. Before I ask the doctor about the pets, and i that's a big t- subject we're going to touch on. In fact, we were just talking. We're going to do a whole show on it here in the future. Doc, flu season's just around the corner. People should, is it too early to get your flu shot now? And when you get your flu shot, if you're 65 years of, of age or older, I'm seeing now they've got a new vaccine for uh I hate to say it this way, elderly people, because yes. I'm throwing myself in that mix. Yes, that's exactly true. Uh, all the answers, all the I think, all the answers were to your questions that you just mentioned are yes. You can get the flu shots now. Uh, uh, I haven't had many reports yet of um, of how effective it the flu vaccine is has been in other countries. Uh, very importantly. The the flu vaccine, uh, uh, there is a flu vaccine for persons who are older. Okay, and uh, <laughs> don't say elderly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and the, the reason that it's given the, the older vaccine is used is because it's got more potency or more antigen so that the person, older persons uh, may not have the immune system that's uh, can be stoked up as well. It may not be as active or able to make antibody as well, or may not make antibody that persists for a long enough time. So by giving them more antigen without giving them uh, more reaction as such, uh, there is a vaccine for older persons that they can get. They have to request it, or uh, some doctors will, knowing their patient population, give it to those persons that are older. Okay, so you go to Walmart or Kroger or wherever you go and get a shot like that, and typically it's it's covered. You can go in and, and get your shot. You have to ask them. I need to sixty five plus. Is that basically what you're asking? Well, yeah, I would. I don't know that every place has that. For example, and I don't know this year if the flu, if the uh, health department is going to offer it to older individuals. Okay, but they should. It it is out there, uh, and I'm sure that if you go to the uh, pharmacies like walmart or walgreens or some of those larger farmers and ask them uh, they will either have it or not have it but they will have it should have it available for those persons and you here's how you do it you preface it and you go i know i don't look 65 <laughs> but but I, I want to ask you if i need uh you know the flu shot for somebody 60 because i am 60 well along those lines uh, uh we're going to have lots and lots of people continue to say i can't get a flu shot because i'm allergic to eggs yeah yeah and you know that's common we've talked about it every year now for a couple of years and uh, that's unless you have proven allergy you've had a anaphylactic reaction or something to eggs uh, that that uh, doesn't hold water anymore yeah you know what else doesn't hold water I got the flu because I got a flu shot. Doesn't work that way. Sorry. Yeah, we tell that story every year, and yet we still hear it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I never I heard got it sick. yesterday. Believe I got it or not. sicker from the shot than I did from the flu. Yes. Well, those people that had you probably had the flu already. Well, the people that had the flu that got sick know that that's that's pretty bad. Yes. And. Uh, <laughs> it's what the thing is is that the vast vast majority of those. People are afraid to get that stick. Nobody likes to get a needle stuck in them. I mean, I mean, normal people. But they've got but, such but, thin needles now. It's no big deal. It feels like a bee sting, and yeah. but that's still uncomfortable. Yeah. I understand that. But when you got something that can kill you, yeah, you know, might want to go I with get, the sting. I'll get the sting. And you got you it. Know. Okay. I referenced this. Now let's talk about a, a little bit. And then I'll have you back on in a couple of weeks, and we'll take this up in a full hour. Okay. Your pets. I read an article, a uh, long, long study, which came first. Did the pets get the disease or did the, and pass it to humans, or did humans have a disease and pass it to the pets, yada, yada, and then change the DNA and all the rest. And these, uh, this particular article in one of the journals said came when – humans domesticated animals a few thousand years ago that we're the ones who passed on the bacteria and then the dna changed inside the animal and was passed back to us well this week i saw online a question or somebody wrote on the, on the 
you know, on the uh, website that, uh, well, said, I ordered a chicken and an egg <laughs> so we can <laughs> get the answer. <laughs> so good. I thought that's pretty that's good. <coughs> clever. But, yes, it's essentially the same question. you studied which, this. Well, no, I studied the fact that lots and lots of germs are carried by animals. Okay. And the animals don't necessarily be, have to be sick. Yeah, and they can pass them to humans. Yeah, I, I that that was a very important study I did early in my career, and I looked at common, common. I looked at animals that we were using for pets, for pet therapy at hospitals or in elder care and places like that. Good idea. Yeah, because you know you, people. Oh, that's you don't so want to bring something in that's going to make people sick. And there are whole organizations now that are trying to document how. Well, how good this is. And I was pretty good at keeping them out of the hospital because I didn't see any value other than they're cute and a nice photo up. But, you know, show me some data that show that children got well faster because they had a dog or a cat to pet. Mm-hmm. You know, they said, well, they have them at home. I said, well, then take the kids home when they're ready. <laughs> yeah. Don't bring you know, the pet here. Because there are other people that are allergic to them. There are other people that are afraid of them. What about the staff that don't have al- or have allergies and don't want them in the house? What if they have an accident in the hospital? Or what if they uh, go crazy in unfamiliar surrounding? What happens then? And when I presented it, I said, if the board will approve it, you know, then I can't stand in the way. But I'm not going to approve it myself from the infectious right. disease standpoint. Well, nobody on the board is going to vote against me if I say <laughs> Yeah, if I say you know, there's a potential. That's right for this to happen. It you know happen. what you're talking about. Well, if you if you think about it again, that, that go back to that easy thing of thinking about it. So we were a little bit more graphic during a break. All right, in talking about you were, animals. I was more correct. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of a professional. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's okay. Yeah, that's true. I mean, look. Look at where your dog sticks his tongue and then tell me you want him to lick your kid's ice cream cone and then let them go back to licking their ice cream cone. I mean, no, absolutely not. I know I wouldn't. It's I know cute. I don't. It's yeah. so cute. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's so cute, but it's, it's nasty. I mean, if that's the case, go rub their butt with their ice cream cone. You know what I mean? Bottom line. Crazy. Bottom line. (laughs) (laughs) Just something to keep. Come on, Ross. That was pretty good. I worked that one pretty good. But the bottom bottom line on all of this is that you don't want your animal to pass germs onto your child or to you. Don't let them lick you in the mouth. No. Well, Again, thinking about how diseases are spread. If a dog with a dirty mouth or a dirty tongue or you know dirty nose, whatever, uh, licks or touches you and you, your hand or something goes in your own mouth or on food that you eat, mm-hmm. you pass the same germ that was on their nose. And I always tell people, where was that dog's nose before it stuck its nose in your mouth or on your skin? Right. If you think that way, you're going to say, ooh. Yeah, that's exactly you know? right. But, oh, it's so cute, you know. Mm-hmm. And not He's a, just showing and, he loves you. Yeah, but and a lot of people, you know, you don't associate illness necessary 
But when you think about it, and fortunately we don't have a lot of people that get sick because their dog licked them. Right. And that's what, that's what drives this thing. It's cute and nobody, nobody gets sick, but we've got people out there with, uh, you know, wounds or the people. I found in my study years ago, I found something called methicillin resistant. This is one of those, uh, staphylococcus drugs, uh, agents that is immune or not sensitive to antibiotics. In fact, they said that the superbugs are coming through animals because they're changing the DNA in the animal when they come back to and the And that's human. one of the complaints they've had about using antibiotics in animals, you know, using it for our beef population, ah. pig. The, and that the other concern is that the animals have some of the same, especially viruses like flu, mm-hmm. that humans get. But it might be pig flu or dog flu. Right. Okay. But if they get uh, uh, influenza from a human, that virus may change in what they call recomb- recombined with the virus in that animal. And that makes them even more contagious, serious, or cause worse disease. So that's one of the lines that are coming up, uh, you know, as, 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 as we studies. Yeah. Right. Uh, maybe the next time I'll, I'll tell you about a. I think a wonderful study I did at CDC on during a sabbatical when I spent six months there studying influenza and uh, something I learned uh, twenty five years ago. All right, yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, plan on doing that in a couple of weeks after I get back from vacation, and yeah. uh, we'll talk more specific about this because people just don't give much thought to it. They love their animals. We think of our animals as humans. Guess what? They're not humans. They're animals. We'll talk later about it. Dr. Terry Yamauchi, thanks so much for the time. It's always a pleasure to have you on the Dave Ellswick Show. Enjoy it. All right. More coming your way after the news. Governor's on his way. All right. Back with you here on the uh, Dave Ellswick Show. The governor will be with us shortly. As soon as he joins us, uh, we'll get into the conversation uh, with him. Looking forward to it. Uh I had talked uh, a moment ago with different folks. Uh, We're going to be uh, uh, talking about uh, the upcoming session. I want to talk about that because they should be putting all that uh, together now and discussing what it is that they they want to uh, uh, get done. There's been a lot of talk about gun control. I know uh, in the paper yesterday, where was that article? I think I got it right here. Let me just read a little bit of it here. Yeah, here, I love this. Uh, Republicans in the legislature appeared more amenable Monday to legislation allowing for the temporary judicial confiscation of guns than to raising the minimum age to uh, purchase semi-automatic rifles, reflecting a similar openness to the so-called red flag laws as that of uh, Governor Asa Hutchinson. Now, we had J.R. on uh, and talked about this. I'm going to talk to the governor about it. I want uh, him to clarify it because a lot of people think that it means that he's already uh, ready to kick in these red uh, flag laws. That's not what he said. Not what he said. I'll, I'll let him clarify it some more for you. He said, you know, that he would be open to talking about it if, if they could show that uh, you got all your legal rights still uh, with it. 
And that is a big, big, big two-letter if. It's telling you. A pair of bills, one raising the minimum age to purchase an assault weapon. In quotes, you know, they get away with that. Same assault. It's not an assault weapon, please. It's not a military-grade rifle. It's a semi-automatic rifle. It's like any other basic semi-automatic rifle. In fact, it's less powerful than a lot of semi-automatic uh, hunting rifles. And the other to create an extreme risk warrant that would allow a judge, uh, basically, uh, to take somebody's uh, weapons away. What it do? Let me go back to 3A. Uh, in order to confiscate of guns from someone deemed a threat to himself or others. Okay, so who makes that decision? All right. Does a person get to present everything to them or, or in his defense, or can they take the guns away from him uh, or her? And then you got to fight like hell to get them back. So there's um, there's a lot of things to to think uh, about all of this and find out about all of this kind of stuff. So we'll get him on and talk about that. Uh, you know, the question of, that was in the paper the other day, why didn't the governor take part in uh, the debate the other day? Yes. Here, let me read the, uh, art, the uh, headline to you. This is from Tuesday's paper. Governor misses debate. Uh, foes differ on tax health plan. Democrat and libertarian gubernatorial candidates on Monday disagreed over cutting the state's top individual income tax rate, continuing Arkansas's Medicaid expansion for low-income people and legislation that would create judicial orders to temporarily seize firearms from people deemed a risk to themselves or other. Both Democratic candidate Jared Henderson and libertarian candidate Mark West noted the absence of uh, Republican Governor Asa Hutchinson from their hour-long date at KATV-TV, Channel 7, in Little Rock. Okay, well, understand this. The the AETN debate is coming up. And as far as I'm concerned, that's always been uh, the big debate, and the governor will be there for that one. Uh, Just because you're the governor or you're a candidate for governor doesn't mean that you must take part in every debate that's out there is that necessary i don't think so and if you're the incumbent i definitely don't think it's so so uh, just keep that uh, in mind too because we're, we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh that to today as well and then last but not least uh we're going to talk about corruption in the state because uh you know, I want to talk about John Woods getting 18 years in his sentence. That, uh, I think, sends a very strong message from that judge uh, that this type of, uh, of um, you know, action by elected officials will not be tolerated by the judicial system. Uh, I hope that the legislative uh, system here will put teeth in their particular uh, rules and regulations uh, that they're looking at instituting before the next uh, session. So when the governor gets here, we'll be, uh, we'll be talking about and talking about all these things that are going to be uh, discussed here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Got 12 minutes after 3. 
uh, here on a Wednesday, hump day, middle weekday over the hill day. And the governor will be on for about 30 minutes. And uh, again, I want to get this red flag thing uh, cleared up as well. Give him the opportunity to talk about it and uh, discuss how he feels about uh, the, this particular uh, area that uh, we just talked about. The, uh, you know, Republicans give red flag bill a close look. Um, I mean, uh, the governor is the head of the uh, Republican Party, state Republican Party. And, um, and things that he says carries a lot of weight. So we'll have him on to talk about it. So let's go ahead and get our, our break in. We'll come back and uh, get ready for when he uh, does uh, get here and get in the studio. So Dave Ellswick show on a Wednesday on 101.1 FM. The answer. All right, back with you. Uh, I got Jr. Just uh, let me know they are on their way, so they'll be here in the studio in just a moment. Don't forget about uh, my good friends, and I believe if uh, you're a person who needs a prosthetic or an orthotic, uh, your good friend as well, uh, Hortons Orthotics and Prosthetics. Uh, they are taking their original location on 12th Street and and uh, getting it ready as a state-of-the-art facility, latest technology, things of that nature. Uh, in prosthetics and orthotics, I told you, they've got a 3D printer. They're just waiting uh, for the uh, material that's used by that printer to be uh, made so that it is strong enough to be handled by a prosthetic. Think for a moment, they'll be able to take a device, run it over the amputation that occurred, make a perfect replica of where that prosthetic will fit, plug it into a computer, which will then use the machine, the 3D printer, to make a exact duplicate that you need for that prosthetic or the orthotic that you need. It, it, it's such a quantum step ahead in the world of prosthetics and orthotics. It, it's going to make them fit better, make them work better. It's, it's an amazing uh, technological jump that's going to happen, and no big surprise to me, happening at Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics, where they believe that they provide a lifetime of support. I mean, Gary, the patriarch of this family that started this business, you know, is the man that gave you the articulating knee, the ability for a, you know, prosthetic to bend like a, a normal leg. Uh, the way that, the you know, prosthetic was before, you locked it and you walked stiff-legged. Then you'd sit down and you'd unlock it, and then you could sit down without your leg just sticking out. Do that. Now, this made it so you just sit down because it would bend just like a regular knee. So Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics, it's all happening there. Six locations, don't forget them, Little Rock, North Little Rock, Bryant-Conway, Fort Smith, and Searcy. That's Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics providing a lifetime of uh, support. I just uh, was talking to Jr. 
in texting. We were texting back and forth. They're on their way. They'll be here. We know we knew they were coming because the state police were here uh, a little bit ago, walking through and making sure there was nobody here that's not supposed to be here. It's it's uh, the state police does what the Secret Service does with the president. They come in and walk through and make sure everything is uh, copacetic, as they say. They like to say, you know, you know, it's kind of a what's up, doc. <laughs> want to make want to make sure. Did you talk to him today, uh, Russ? Yeah, talk to him. Yeah, a lot of times they come through. They're very, very nice. Secret Service, they're a little bit different about that kind of stuff. I wouldn't say that. Sometimes they're all right. Some decent Secret Service guys who are. I mean, yes, when they're on the when they're on the job, they're on point. Yeah, they're all business. Business. (laughs) Yes, they really. But I mean, you catch them in a moment when they can relax. They yeah, they're normal guys. Sure, I agree. They'll have fun. They'll have fun, talk to you and stuff. It's, it's We run into them a lot uh, when we go out and, and do a lot of things we do. I mean, they had them all, not Secret Service, because the president come to hold their feet to the fire, but we had a lot of uh, uh, special people walking around that hold their feet to the fire. And then uh, the Secret Service particularly we've been involved with when we've gone to CPAC and – Really, when we went to the Republican National Convention, yeah, when we went to the RNC, man, we were. It was every five feet. It seemed like there yeah. was somebody standing there checking you out. Yeah, looking at that lanyard hanging around your neck. It better be the right one, huh? Oh yeah, it definitely. Because some be people the right they forgot, and they'd get up in the morning and they just grab one of their lanyards and put it. They had a lanyard for each day you were there, and in some cases. For AM and PM, and you better have the right one on, or uh, you'd have a nice long discussion. That's the way it always well, works. You wouldn't even get past them. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They, they, they stopped they, you and had a discussion. There was no discussing about it. They'd turn yeah. you around and send you the other way. Yeah, can't come in. Remember the day, the first day we got there, we went yeah, through was, all kinds well, of stuff. They hadn't even opened the place. I mean, they. We. I was trying to get in to go and do you know site scout to figure out just exactly where it was where you had to go to make sure our equipment was there and everything was set up but yeah didn't even have they they made changes that uh, that day yep and you had to have a special pass i had the special pass that they said that we had to have that day still didn't matter because they made changes and it was different that day yeah yeah i I remember we were supposed to go in one area and they said nope you got to go over there, and it was but three miles away. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It was crazy. Anyway, but they do a good job, and, and and it's good. I mean, that's what you expect when you want the president of the United States to be protected, and you, when you want the governor to be protected, you want uh, your, your state police to do what they're supposed to do uh, as as well. All right, let me take a look here as we wait for the governor to get here. Um, what we're what we're seeing about uh, let's see on Florence latest information I had motorists streamed inland on highways converted to one way evacuation routes as uh, about one point seven million people in three states were warned to get out of the way of Hurricane Florence. A hair-raising storm taking dead aim at the Carolinas with 140-mile-per-hour winds 
and potentially ruinous rains. Florence was expected to blow ashore late tomorrow, early Friday. Then it's going to slow down, and that means at that point, all that moisture that it has, it's going to drop it. It's going to start dropping it, and it's going to unload one to two and a half feet, not inches, feet of rain that very easily could cause uh, flooding well inland and wreck environmental havoc, havoc by washing over industrial waste sites and hog farms. Uh, Terry and I just talked about that, this toxic stew that could be getting into rivers and streams and lakes and all kinds of things. Forecasters and politicians pleaded with the public to take the warning seriously immense no words in describing the threat. Let's just put it this way. This is the, I think, kind of the East Coast equivalent to Katrina in New Orleans. It's that kind of storm. Quote, this storm is a monster. It's big. It's vicious. It's an extremely dangerous, life-threatening, historic hurricane That from North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper. He added, the waves and the wind this storm may bring is nothing like you've ever seen. Even if you've ridden out storms before, this one is different. Don't bet your life on riding out a monster. Stephen Hendricks said as he was filling up gasoline cans near Conway, South Carolina, I've prayed up. And I'm as ready as I can get. More than five and a half million people live in areas under hurricane warnings or watches on the U.S. East Coast. That according to the National Weather Service, another four million people were under a tropical storm watch. President Trump declared states of emergency already for North and South Carolina and Virginia. Opening the way for federal aid, he said the federal government is absolutely and totally prepared for Florence. All three states ordered mass evacuations along the coast, but getting out of harm's way could prove difficult. Florence is so wide that a life-threatening storm surge is being pushed 300 miles ahead of its eye. And so wet that a swath from South Carolina to Ohio and Pennsylvania could get deluged by the rains. People across the region rushed to buy bottled water and other supplies, board up their homes, pull their boats out of water, and get out of town. A line of heavy traffic moved away from the coast on Interstate 40, which is the main route between the port city of Wilmington and inland Raleigh. Between the two cities, about two hours apart, the traffic flowed smoothly in places and became gridlocked in others because of fender benders. Only a trickle of vehicles was going in the opposite direction, including pickup trucks carrying plywood and other building materials. Long lines formed at service stations. Some started running out of gas as far west as Raleigh, with bright yellow bags, signs, or rags placed over the pumps to show they were out of order. Some store shelves were picked clean. Quote, there's no water, there's no juices, there's no canned goods. That's according to Kristen Harrington. It said uh, she stopped at a Walmart 
in uh, Wilmington. At 11 p.m., the storm was centered 670 miles southeast of Cape Fear, moving at 17 miles an hour. It was a potentially catastrophic uh, Cat 4, but was expected to keep drawing energy from the warm water and intensify to near Category 5, which means the winds will be 157 miles per hour or higher. Florence is the most dangerous of three tropical systems in the Atlantic right now. Tropical Storm Isaac was east of the Lesser Antilles and expected to pass south of uh, Puerto Rico and Cuba, while uh, Hurricane Helene was moving northward away from land. Forecasters also were tracking two other disturbances that had not developed yet. The coastal surge from Florence could leave the eastern tip of North Carolina under more than nine feet of water in spots, according to projections. This one really scares me, said National Hurricane Center Director Ken Graham. Sounds bad, really bad. We'll keep you up to date on it. I'm sure we've got some stations in those areas. I'll see if we can't line up maybe somebody can talk to us about what's going on in those areas from our uh, Salem uh, stations in the area. Okay, the governor will be with us in the next half hour. We're going to take a break right now. Let's get to the uh, to the news, and the governor has come in. He'll be with us in a moment on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we got 30 minutes with the uh, the governor of the state of Arkansas. Asa Hutchinson is here in the studio today. It's good to have him with us. Governor, thanks for giving us the time. Dave, it's always uh, great to be with you and your listeners. What a great audience you have! All right, so let's uh, let's start off. You got uh, you guys got the work requirement numbers coming in. They're, they're looking good on uh, the Medicaid expansion. Uh, that's right. Uh, we announced uh, today. I announced today that uh, there's uh, the work requirements in place. We're the first state to put in a work requirement for those that are able-bodied on Medicaid. And the good news is that as a result of this work requirement, we've had over 1,000 individuals who were uh, on uh, Arkansas Works that moved into employment and jobs, and they got training. One uh, lady in Harrison got the notice that she's subject to a work requirement. She goes into workforce services. Uh, They give her some uh, skill tests. She wants to be an LPN. Uh, we, We... She's going to school to get her LPN, and she's working, uh, making $16 an hour right now. Those are the kind of success stories. And while there's some that just uh, will not comply with that and they're able-bodied, there's there's 4,300 that uh, went off the rolls today because of a failure to comply with the work and community engagement requirement. And so it's in place. We're the first state to do it. I'm uh, grateful to the Donald Trump administration that uh, gave us that waiver. This is something we asked for from uh, President Obama, and President Obama's administration says no. Uh, you know, health care and health insurance is a right, mm-hmm. and that uh, you don't have to do anything for it. There can't be any stipulations for it. We just want to give it to everybody. And uh, I think it's important that we make sure that uh, there's a balance between our compassion and assistance with uh, work and responsibility. So where are we at with these lawsuits that are being threatened towards us? We're different than Kentucky, and uh, why don't you explain that to our listeners? 
Well, uh, first of all, we were far along in the implementation of our work requirement, and so they got a waiver, but uh, they they were not ready to implement it. And so, you know, the suit was filed challenging it. I think ours was uh, uh, better done, better researched, well-prepared. And so they filed a suit in Washington. We actually got the same judge that Kentucky got. Uh, and so uh, that's still being litigated in Washington. We've intervened on that. And uh, we hope that we'll be successful. Uh, but uh, this is something that uh, ultimately, you know, could go up the U.S. Supreme Court. Who knows? But uh, we're hopeful that uh, the courts will back us up in it because we think it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Can you speak to the, there's a peop, there's a group of people who say, well, it just shows that we have no compassion uh, from the poor when we do these things. Could you speak to that a little bit? Well, uh, the whole idea of our expanded Medicaid, was, which so many disagreed with, was that we ought to show some compassion. And, and these are people that are trying to make ends meet. That uh, It's the lady in the diner uh, that's got children at home, and she's working, but she can't afford insurance. That's an example of where we can help them with their insurance as they are getting training or they're working. That's the right level of compassion. But no one wants to uh, provide this health insurance for them if they're able-bodied and able to work but just uh, don't want to. And mm-hmm. so I think there's a balance there of responsibility and compassion. It is not designed to be punitive. It's very important to know that the whole design is to uh, get people to get the training that they need so they can get a better job and a better paying job. And, and, you know, good example right now, we have a very low unemployment rate in Arkansas. Uh, we have, but our worker participation rate, our labor participation rate is not as high as you should be. In fact, it's gone down in the last seven years. And so we want to make sure people have the training, they can move into work. We need them working in Arkansas to make us all more productive. It's part of that when you think about it. I mean, when uh, President Obama was in, people weren't being pushed into work. You know, you could go seven, eight years with unemployment, things of that nature. kind of took away the the edge to go out and get a job. And that's not compassionate. If you uh, confine people to a life without work and responsibility, that's not compassion. Uh, that uh, is the wrong direction for us. And so we want them to have – and most people want to work. Man, they want to provide and they want to contribute. So this helps, gives them the means to do it. And that's uh, exciting. I think it, it makes sense, and I believe it's the right thing to do. On the on Monday uh, or over the weekend, whatever, the uh, state panel got up about uh, the gun control proposals. And, and let me just read what John Moratz wrote. He says, Republicans in the legislature appeared more amenable Monday. That's a little, I think, opinionated there. Uh, to legislation allowing for the temporary judicial confiscation of guns, then they're raising the minimum age to purchase semi-automatic rifles, uh, reflecting a similar openness to the so-called red flag laws as that of Governor Asa Hutchinson. Let's just stop right there, because a lot of people have taken what you've said earlier about red flag laws and have twisted it into sounding like you're more than willing to let uh, judges take people's guns away. Uh, no one should have their Second Amendment rights taken away. Uh, that's uh, something that is uh, inviolate, that is precious to us. And, uh, and you know, the only instance in which a firearm should be taken away is if 
somebody has been adjudicated mentally ill and a danger to themselves or others. If there's been an adjudication of that, then uh, obviously uh, that's a, a you know a matter where somebody that's a danger to themselves and have had proper due process and they've had an adjudication by the court. Those are the only circumstances that I can think of the firearms be taken away. It certainly should not be the circumstances that someone uh, uh, sees someone else and reports them, and all of a sudden the police go out there and t- take their guns. That should never, absolutely never happen. It has to be the highest level of due process. Uh, there has to be uh, the clear adjudication uh, with a high standard of proof, and there has to be recourse if there's uh, false uh, accusations that are made. And so uh, that is the criteria in which we should look at it, due process, honoring the Second Amendment, but at the same time, if, if someone is adjudicated, mentally ill, and a danger to themselves, they can't go out and purchase a firearm because they're supposed to have their names in the do-not-sell list. Mm-hmm. They sh- that's part of it. And so I think everybody would agree that that's the right standard, and that's the standard I'm accepting. The bills that were discussed in the legislature, let me assure you, I – don't believe those will go anywhere, and I think that it was wrongly characterized that there was receptivity by yeah. the Republicans there. That's not the case. I think everyone feels the same way I do, that there has to be the strongest level of due process and to protect our Second Amendment. I mean, that, that, that's what you said before. You, you said due process and adjudication, and it seems – and then you said perhaps we can have a discussion then. I mean, you, you, I don't understand why everybody got – pardon my French, but got their panties all in a in a wad about that. Well, we always should have discussions. We listen, we we uh, fine-tune our arguments, we fine-tune our positions, and if there's holes in it, uh, we ought to be able to look at it differently. Uh, I think that's where our Kansans are, though, is that uh, we uh, love our firearms, uh, we love our Second Amendment. Uh, I've stood for them. I've expanded Second Amendment rights in Arkansas, and you don't want to have those diminished. And I'm going to be listening to those that uh, understand the importance of due process protection and uh, the right protections that are in place uh, within those uh, principles that I've outlined. We can have a discussion, but uh, the bills that were presented last week uh, by Representative Letting, I believe it was, and Senator Bond, I did look at those. They're not going to fly. They don't have the due process protections that are necessary. All right, Governor's going to be with us for the rest of this half hour. We've got to get a break in. Let's do that, and we'll continue when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. we got a little over 10 minutes remaining with the Governor of Arkansas. Asa Hutchinson is here in the studio with us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Let's talk about uh, the upcoming session. I mean, it's not that far away now. We're like three, four months away. I'm sure that you guys are doing planning for that now. Uh, let me tell you, we're doing a lot of planning right now. Uh, because uh, once the election's over with, you move straight into preparing for the general session. And so there's a couple things specifically. One is we're working very hard on getting a tax reduction plan that works. And, uh, and of course, my priority is lowering the income tax rate in Arkansas. We have to be more competitive. Uh, we were trying to recruit an industry that we're competing with another state and we're trying to recruit them to Arkansas that would create hundreds of jobs. Uh, they had their accountant look at it and said that the taxes they would pay in Arkansas would be $700,000 more per year than if they located another state. Now, uh, 
we got our DFNA folks together and looked at that, and I think we diminished that delta. I think that was too high, but it illustrates the fact that we have to be competitive mm-hmm. to continue to grow. And so I want to reduce that rate, working with the legislature to come up with the right and fair plan for that. Uh, secondly, it's about transforming government, and so I am hopeful uh, to present a plan uh, late September uh, that uh, will outline how we can reduce the agencies that report to me in state government from over 42 down to fewer than 20. And uh, this is efficiencies that make a difference out there. It's better service for the taxpayers. It's better management. Uh, and I'm, I'm excited to lay that out. It's going to be difficult and challenging. And then uh, thirdly, uh, you know, we're looking at uh, our infrastructure and I, one of my goals is to have broadband, high speed in every rural community in Arkansas. And uh, we want to be able to enhance and strengthen that opportunity. That's not necessarily legislation, but it is a goal I have in the second term. Uh, and then, uh, though, something that uh, will be challenging for us but it's needed is a new highway plan. Uh, we fixed the highway funding for a short term. Uh, where we're putting $50 million a year more into our highways, but we need a long-term plan. And I believe that that needs to be referred to the voters of Arkansas to say yes or no on. And it's going to require our uh, legislators to say we want to refer something to the ballot, which will be in in uh, November of 2020. So those are a couple of high-profile agenda items that we have to look at. A whole host of bills, some of it's playing defense, uh, to keep bad legislation from from passing, okay, and uh, that'll that'll be part of the strategy as well. Going back to talking about the highways, is it time? I mean, by our constitution, the way that we fund our highways, a lot of that's constitutional. Is it time for us to start looking at that and saying, you know, this is different than it was back fifty years, sixty years? I don't know when it went into to effect years ago. And, you know, we got to really start looking at putting the money where the cars are at. Well, that's part of – absolutely. I mean, you should put uh, the uh, highway funding at the greatest needs in our state. And right now there's tremendous growth in various areas of the state, uh, including Jonesboro area, including right. northwest Arkansas, obviously. But it's also very important for our <clears throat> farm-to-market uh, roads – uh, that are in disrepair, they're unsafe, and uh, we have not had the money to do uh, overlays and repairs on those roads, and that has to be funded. And so the studies are that we need almost 300 to $400 million a year in new highway money to keep up with the large volume of roads been assigned to the state for maintenance. And, of course, then you have the even bigger needs of uh, – of the I-49, I-69, the major projects, and that's going to take a combination of state and federal money as well. But infrastructure is important. And, you know, we, uh, we've we got to be able to keep up uh, and the, to maintain the roads appropriately. I, I, you know, Mississippi, I drove through there, and their roads are in disrepair. And the, they just passed a highway plan, though. Uh, they're putting – uh, sports betting money, I believe it is, internet sales tax money, uh, all into their highways. And so every state's doing it differently, but they're state after state because the federal government is not sending back the same level of highway funding as we used to get, and so it's going to be more up to the states. And, and the highway department and the highway commission 
we should look at making sure that they are transparent, making sure that uh, they're accountable to the legislature in the sense of when they get general revenue money that uh, we know where those dollars go. How, um, I know that uh, in the tax uh, task force that got together, part of it was they were working on uh, highways as well and in increasing the gas tax and things of that nature. Are, are those going to be battles that have to be fought in the new section, uh, session that's coming up? Uh, they will be. Uh, there was a whole series of recommendations, and most of what came out of the uh, task force was right on point. I mean, there were some that we can't afford now but are good priorities to make us more competitive. Uh, uh, others, uh, you know, I sort of frowned at and say I'm not sure that's a good idea. Uh, you know, one of them being the uh, sales tax, I believe you said, on uh, on, on gasoline, right. on, the, on the wholesale cost of it. And mm-hmm. that was actually one that was presented that I liked uh, that was going to be referred to the voters to vote on. Uh, I think there's some different ways that we can look at a highway plan. It might not have to include that uh, because I'm not sure the voters will go for it. Uh, and so I think you've got to look at the half-cent sales tax that's going to expire in 2023 uh, that we can extend uh, that will allow us to – it's not a new tax, but it keeps uh, the same level of funding. And I would like to see us go from a credit uh, basis, which is the half-cent sales tax now where we're bonding it. Uh, let's go for a pay-as-you-go. And so if you have that regular stream of revenue, we can – Put it into highways. It could be a new highway plan, but we can also pay as you go and save a lot of money along the way. Last question. This is kind of one just for myself, and that is I drive home every day. I live up in Cabot, and I hear I see that sign that says Interstate 57. What, what's going on with that? I mean, is that in the near future or is that into the far future? It's far future uh, in terms of full completion of it. And, of course, the uh, whole purpose is if you designate a four-lane road as a future interstate, then it has priority funding when Washington sends us down uh, the highway funding back to Arkansas. And so they want that designation. Uh, But uh, that is similar to I-49 on the west part of the state, I-69 on the east part of the state. Uh, They are designations, but uh, uh, they're into the future because – uh, the federal government doesn't have a plan to send us sufficient money for their development, and we don't have uh, really even the matching funds to put there yet. But I hope that we can do more and continue to develop those because they're critically, critically important for the growth of our state. And, and we would just explode in growth when those are completed. Well, ASU will explode at 57 whenever it opens up and people can four-lane all the way to ASU Jonesboro. And that that unit, we're going to have U of A and Auburn. All right, you know what I'm saying? Yep. It's going to be that kind of a situation. That's great news. Uh, ASU is doing terrific. Very proud of their innovation. Uh, proud of uh, their success. Their students. I love the fact that our higher education, the universities are responding to our productivity funding map, uh, model, which means this is what we put into place. We used to distribute our tax dollars to higher education based upon how many seats were full in the first day of class. Mm-hmm. That's not the right model. Now we're doing it, how many are getting diplomas? How many are getting certificates? So it's progression that we're measuring as well as accountability, and that's how we're going to distribute our funds. All right. 
got a couple of real quick questions for you. You weren't at this last debate. You kind of got chided by the newspaper. You'll be at the AETN debate, correct? That's the big one. Oh, that's right. We've already done uh, one debate uh, with me, the Democrat opponent, the Libertarian. Uh, that was for the, I believe, Associated Press or the newspapers. We have another debate scheduled in October that will be broadcast uh, statewide on educational television. Looking forward to that debate uh, and the discussion, both defending my record but also articulating what we need to do in the future. Uh, the the last question is uh, is kind of the, the dark question to be asked at dealing with some of the corruption that has been going on in the state. Uh, judge just the other day, John Woods, was sentenced to 18 years, four months. Judge Maggio was sent to uh, prison in Kentucky. Uh, Jeremy Hutchinson has been indicted. There's been others that have been uh, are standing up, in, I think this week, are going to be uh, given that 18-year, four-month sentence to, to Woods really sent a serious message. Oh, no question about it. Uh, and there's uh, enhancement in the federal system if you violate the public trust, and uh, that's what the judge saw, and uh, rightfully so, that uh, you're held accountable if you violate that public trust. And in each one of those circumstances that you mentioned, everybody's in a diff- different situation. You know, some get sentenced to 18 years. Someone else gets sentenced to four years. So the judge is looking at them individually. But from my standpoint as a public official, I can't think of anything more disturbing than to see that violation of the public trust. And there has to be that accountability. Obviously, if someone maintains their innocence, they ought to have their day in court. Uh, but – uh, Jeremy uh, did the right thing by resigning because he can concentrate on uh, his case. Uh, Mickey Gates uh, is also charged, and he proclaims his innocence, and uh, he hasn't resigned. Everybody makes different decisions. Mm-hmm. I can express myself, but it's very, very troubling, and obviously uh, the accountability is important. What we have to do is look at do we need new laws to prevent conflicts and to uh, increased transparency. But everybody recognizes, you know, those that have been convicted, there wasn't any gray areas here. It's just wrong. You don't need new laws. You just need people to do the right thing. Governor, it's always a pleasure. We thank you for coming in, spending a half hour with you. hope that we'll get to do it again before the beginning of the next session when things become a little clearer for you about what exactly is going to happen and Thanks for giving us the time. Thanks you for giving me the opportunity. I look forward to being back. All right, JR, I'll see you tomorrow. Sounds good. All right, we'll talk to you then. So Dave Ellswick Show, news is next, and Duck and uh, Joe will be here to talk cars. All right, back with you on the Dave Ellswick Show, 4 o'clock. It's a Wednesday. That means that it's time for Joe and Duck to come in here and talk about uh, cars. Let me just bring this up real quick. The, we got this hurricane that's... Just coming into the onto the East Coast over in North Carolina, South Carolina. Looks like maybe even Virginia is going to be hit. Maybe Georgia. We'll get some you yeah. know, re- remnants. Uh, what's that mean here in let's say six eight months used cars wise? And going to be the market flooded with them. Yeah, just like it did when you know the, all the rains hit Texas down there two years ago, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and they're going to flood the market, and, and you're going to have to keep your eyes out for them. And uh, if if you're buying a a, a a used vehicle or something, and you do a Carfax on it, if it comes from over in that area, you better get it inspected. You know, yeah, you so, better have somebody look, and that's what they're looking for too. And uh, 
we don't mind doing those if you're customers of ours at CSC, Bumper to Bumper Certified Service Centers. We do most of those inspections, and, and all we want to do is evaluate the vehicle before you pay for it. Please don't pay yes. for it and then bring it to us. Let us look at it before you pay for it. And if whoever's selling it to you, whether it's an individual or a company or a car lot or whatever, if they decide, no, you can't take and get inspected, then don't buy it. Walk off. That's right. Yeah, we're talking uh, when this thing makes landfall in the area, specifically specifically in that area and several miles inland, 40 inches of rain. It's a lot. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of cars like underwater. Nine feet of water, they're saying, and you know, and that's North in a, Carolina. That's in a two or three day period too. You get forty ounce, you know, forty inches of rain, and, and that's a lot of rain coming down in mountains over, and it's going to flood something. I mean, it's all going to be well. The, the storm surge they said it was going to be up in the twelve, fourteen foot range. Yeah, I'm just think about that. Like you're like me, you're about <coughs> six one. Yep. Well, you my head. You're going to need a big snorkel. Mm-hmm. i'm getting on top of something <laughs> yeah saying, you know you know what the people are being told to leave that's the best thing that you yeah, can get do. your stuff and get, get out. out of there i heard that newscast where they said that the first responders if you refuse to evacuate they're going to ask you for your name and your social security number and stamp it on a wristband and put it on your wrist yeah so they can they identify, identify your body and number two that if you're stuck on top of your house for three days with no water don't the call. first responders may not make it there well, because if it's risking their lives to get to you, it's a good chance that they're not going to make it there. So. Yeah, they get to go home to their families. Too. They want to go home yeah. to their families. Yeah, the governor said yesterday, he said, you know, we're telling you to get out. When a hurricane hits, if you call for help, you're on your own. That's correct because you were told to evacuate. Yeah, yeah. It's mandatory. Leave or suffer the consequences you know why would anybody even want to stay on one of them islands out there knowing no. that you know not, not for this storm i'm just telling you there's some you know two yeah, or whatever by. you can ride through those but i'm just telling you this thing ain't to be messed with well you know it's downgraded now to a three but who's, a high high three. yeah who to say it can't bump back up tonight though you know <clears throat> it gets into the warm waters that's exactly what it's going to do it is yeah and you know so you know if i lived over there they wouldn't have no problem. I'd be on the interstate going the wrong way going out. They said I-40 uh, is just a steady stream of traffic leaving. Oh, don't you know? Leaving there. Needs to be. Yeah, yeah. They said traffic coming the other way? <laughs> Not much. Yeah. Crickets. Well, a lot of times what they'll do for a certain amount of miles, they'll just block it off and say you can't come in because we're in evacuation, and they'll let you use all the lanes leaving. That's what they did yesterday on yeah. one of them interstates coming out from over there. They had it. It was all going west. You know, everything was headed west, both both sides. Well, you, did you hear that in Raleigh? Now, Raleigh's quite a way from Wilmington. That's that's there's quite a ways there. Yep, mm-hmm. running out of gas already in Raleigh. A lot of yellow little gloves over the well. They don't the spigots. The the uh, the petroleum delivers. They won't run their trucks in there. They know they're not going to get them out or take a chance of losing them. Yeah. So they won't deliver any fuel. They said that the. Uh, shelves are are bare already i'm sure yeah they yeah. showed at home depot short store yesterday and it was empty i mean price was, of plywood's going up guys yep yeah yeah always <laughs> everywhere <laughs> not, not just water. there oh yeah i'm saying you know, everywhere everybody remembers that let's just we can start with katrina yep after mm-hmm. katrina wood went up oh yep. absolutely after uh i'm just trying to think what was the one that just hit uh, houston price went up yep. yes the OSB board just got back down to like seven, eight dollars a sheet, and it'll be 
it'll be fifteen sixteen dollars a sheet again shortly yeah, the one that ran up uh, florida last year yep. yeah price went up it's just just it's supply and demand on that oh I mean, well, that's all it is there you know several years ago i tried to sell some trees off some property i had and i couldn't get nobody to come get them and then uh after the hurricane the price went up and a guy had an appointment set up to come get them and you know i was only selling like 100 trees because i was doing some stuff at the house there Mm -hmm. he said i can't come get that he said i'm not doing anything now less than 100 trees on it because the price is so high i'll need to harvest all i can make all i can but your little 100 trees i'm not coming to get them (laughs) (laughs) so i still got those trees you still got your trees all right yep maybe i'll come work more now i'll come knock a couple down and take it for firewood uh no, i was selling pine trees <laughs> oh yeah that's not why that's not good for you can hurt. burn the pine in yeah. there you just you know you may have a little small roaring noise coming out the roof up there sometimes yeah, yeah with the the flames yes <laughs> kind of sounds like a jet when it does it. yeah get to get yourself some creosote logs to burn in there to burn it out of there yep to do that all right so i i just wanted to touch base uh, on that whole thing about after this is all said and done uh next couple of weeks uh, you're going to have to be careful about used cars. It, it, it'll take minutes of a show up. Take about thirty days. I just to get say thirty to sixty days before they'll start. You know they'll go through and the insurance condemn every one of them. Then people start buying them and start cleaning them. And you know it'll take anywhere from thirty within six months. It'll be flooded every which way with them. Is that is that stuff that you can find? Like uh, I know that uh, bumper to bumper has their uh, way of telling if a car has been through a, a flood or a wreck or whatever do all those cars get designated as a flood car if the insurance company totals that vehicle whether it's a new car on a new car lot or or one that's individual owns or mm-hmm. a company owns and the insurance company wrote a check for it yes it'll be on carfax and it'll be recorded okay the ones you have to worry about are the ones that where the owner said well go ahead and total it but i'm going to keep it but i want to keep it and and a lot of times you'll find a salvage title on that but then you have the ones where they say all right uh it's not quite total but it needs a lot of work and they'll just take the insurance check and then never fix the vehicle that one won't have a salvage on it but it'll have a a listed where it's been you know damaged and and whether or not it's been repaired properly or not you never know you just have to inspect it right duck yeah and and there's a way of looking at it you know uh if you've ever seen one that's been flooded, Dave, you know where to, I, I know where to go look, and I, I can go, I can take one hand and go tell you, nope, run, because we know where to go look, don't we, Joe? I mean, oh, there's, yeah. there's places, and and it'll be good for about a year, and then the green monster starts growing in everything, and that's right, the oxidation creeps in, and the switches quit working, the blower motor quits working. You know, it you never start stops. Yeah, and it's just one thing right after the next that does it, and and there's nothing you can do but except keep, start cleaning and cleaning, and you get this repaired, and next week you got something else that's bad, and then you get it repaired, and you'll never make it run no more than two or three weeks once the green monster starts growing in it. Amazing. I, the 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 description of that. I'm going to try and do this where the average person out there would understand it. Let's just say. Uh, engine control module it's got three plugs on it yep. it'll have a 60 pin it'll have an 80 pin and have a 120 pin connector all right these wires when they go up there are small but the plug in where it plugs in the the spade the male and the female part of it 
are small as a push pin. Yeah. And when you have that many wires together and they get moisture in them and they start oxidizing, you can take that apart and do everything you want to do to try and clean every one of them. But once it starts, and even if you clean them and put it back in there and it's working good, and like Duck said, six weeks, six months, that oxidation is going to creep back in again. When it does, it's going to deteriorate the connection. You're going to have all kinds of problems with electrical stuff working and not working, cars starting and not starting, lights coming on in the middle of the night doing crazy stuff. Horn blowing, four ways coming on. It's like uh, the green monster that Duck's talking about is like on your battery cable, the positive battery cable where it'll get all green and fuzzy. Mm -hmm. That's what happens to the plug-ins on all of these uh, control modules in these vehicles. Most of them today have 15, 20, 30 of them on it. So yeah, they got plugs all over them, and anytime they're a plug, even though you can put grease in them, they got a special grease, dielectric grease for them. But you still can't stop the green monster once it starts. You can't. I mean, I've I've sat there with a brush and have them looking spick and span, and a month later, the green monster heat's come back. Yeah, it, it's it's you know that's why insurance companies when the water level gets so high they just total the vehicle because. They know that, you know, there's a few modules that are low down, but most of them are, like, I would say knee-high or higher. If it's above that, if it's above, if it ever gets up to the bottom of the dash, they total it. Yeah. It's history. So. If it All gets right. up into the seat, it's gone. Done. That's you it. You know, you're being forewarned here is what we're trying to do because there's going to be a lot of, uh, how should I say, great deals out there i'm going to tell you some of the rebuilders here and i've talked to some that had ordered and bought cars from the last hurricane which was down in texas mm-hmm. and and uh like let me give you an example let's just say uh, a bmw dealership he had uh 500 cars flooded you could call down there once the insurance Kate paid for them they hauled them to a a center and then they put them online and they're selling them and you can say all right I want to buy five of those. Surely I can take five and make two good ones. Right. You might can, but it's all all five still have salvage titles. They're not worth what they're supposed to be worth without it. And if you buy that vehicle and it has a salvage title and you insure it, your insurance company is not going to pay what it's really worth because it has a salvage title. title. It's a rebuilt vehicle. So, you know, if it's worth $20,000 without being... Salvage title. Salvage title is worth about 10. Yeah. You're going to get about half what That's you normally it. get. So there's a lot of drawbacks to it, you know. So, But you got people like RD out at Sunny's will buy them and sell the fenders and the hoods and the door. Yeah, that's good. And yeah, the that stuff's yeah. good. The that, you don't hurt not. none of that. That's it. But then he'll sell, you know, in, if the motor's still good, he'll sell the motor out of it. But the electronic stuff, the instrument cluster, the radios, the seat belts, none of that stuff. I mean, it it may work for a few weeks, but it's not going to work. Window window motors, motors and yeah, door, uh, door lock actuators, and stuff like that. The list goes on and on, and and you know, uh, uh, there's uh, just like uh, for instance, you say airbags. All right, well, the airbag it didn't get up to the airbag module in the steering wheel, or one in the dash, or the one in the roof, or all that. Those are still good. There are people that'll buy those. Because they sell them to rebuilders. They cannot. Yeah. N- no insurance company will allow you to put a used airbag part on a vehicle. Mm-hmm. They all have to be new parts. Right. So if, if those the, those parts are going to be viable to somebody, like you had another one that was crashed and need the airbag module in the steering wheel, you could 
if you were a rebuilder, you could buy that, put that in there, and make it work. Yeah, program but it, and make it all work. If you're working for an insurance company and they're writing a check, you're nope. getting a brand new one. All right, we you know we talk about uh, Carfax <laughs> and all that. Bumper to bumper has car check, car, car check, check. auto check. I think's the name of it. We, yeah. we want to remind everybody that yes. Bumper to Bumper brings this show to you every uh, every week, and uh, the Bumper to Bumper Certified Service Centers here in the area, and uh, they also bring you the car and truck doctors on the weekend. But they have uh, a way that you can find out can what, check those, what those cars yeah. have been through. Is that yeah. is it just as good as getting the parts from them? Sure, yeah, absolutely. Their 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 inspection report is just as good. It's on a national database. That's where everybody gets it from. Yeah, it it all comes from the same place. Okay, <laughs> there's some companies out there that they just store information. Then you just you know, I think the first one if you sign up for that, I think the first one you get is uh is a I think a half price deal anyone after that got to pay regular price i think it's only like 29.95 yeah it ain't much yeah Yeah, it's it's not much to do it but okay to do that do they come and see you certified service centers they can come see us we can do it for them yeah okay so keep that keep that in mind bumper to bumper their parts are the best and uh, they'll take care of you there but also you know you can check on those automobiles that you might be looking at picking up for a secondary or uh you know a singular car for your family. Let's take a break. We'll be back. Duck and Joe are here. 823-0965. That's the number if you have a question. 823-0965. All right, back. We've got another uh, half hour coming up, but we got about 4 minutes here right now uh talking with Duck and talking with Joe. Uh Joe from Joe's Garage, Duck Duck's Garage, Benton for du- uh, for Duck and over in North Little Rock for uh Joe. Let me tell you Joe does du- du- just his people do a great job james is one of his uh technicians there and james got to know my car intimately last week yeah, yeah. <laughs> he pulled he pulled out my whole dashboard out of my my uh suv uh and, 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 and dave that's not an easy feat. no either. no it's like a, almost a 10-hour job just to get the dashboard if i'd out. have thought dave when it was out of there i'd have took a picture of it and sent it to you you'd be amazed you'd say what happened to my truck because they ain't yeah. got no front Where's seats in it no console at? no dash no steering wheel and you can see the heat chamber and everything all the wires coming out of there see the firewall and everything it's well, amazing here's what i like all right i'm gonna, I'm gonna brag on you yes yeah, all right i'm gonna brag on you uh, they're doing the work. They're, they're working on my air conditioner. That's what they went in to, to do. While they're in there, <clears throat> James noticed that the uh, heater core had a leak in it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, as Joe tells me, as he, I was talking to him about it, he says, I made an executive decision. Uh, I decided to go ahead and replace it so that yeah, we, didn't, we didn't have to open it all up again to replace because it, it was going to go bad in a few months and then on top of that mm-hmm. i had some uh, little louver doors that needed to be fixed and he took care of all of that sure it, now it added a little bit to the price mm-hmm. however he saved me a ton of money it saved yes. you 10 hours labor yes. saved you 10 hours labor you know and as soon as you start running the heater on that thing that's when your leak's gonna get worse i'm like joe i'll go into them i'll make that decision right off the bat yeah it's better off to to err on the side of doing it properly than say let's err on the side of trying to do it as cheap as we can it, it's sometimes uh, you know when you have overlapping labors like the actuator we put in uh tested it had a little glitch in it put the heater core in there you could see the corner of it had a little bit of uh 
showing signs of a leak, not dripping or nothing. Yeah. But you could see where it was a little bit corroded there, where it had been leaking. Yeah, it puts that little green. That's a that little antifreeze, crusty yep. look, you know. So let's put one in it while we're there. The labor's paid. We just got to buy the part now. Yeah, last thing you want to be doing is a couple of months down the road. And had to go suddenly, back into suddenly it. Suddenly you get this smoke coming out of you your heater and, and, and your it gets on windshield your windshield falls, and, you, yeah. and you can't wipe, and you that, can't stuff wipe that crap off mm. i mean i've done that before and oh, it's yeah. not fun no it's not <laughs> and i appreciate it. i just want everybody he also, to know you saved me a bunch of money you took when, money out of your own pocket when you did that when he drove it after he got through with it and road test he come back and he said left motor mounts kicking his broke and i said we'll fix it while it's here we're not sending it out like that that's funny I yeah, never. I didn't even know. I guess it's you, probably been broke for so long. I didn't know it wasn't it. completely broke, Dave. But Dave, but James could feel it because we we that's what we do, right? You know, and you throw somebody else driving it at you get used to it. It, it wears right. a little bit along the way. You get used to it. You yeah. But then you throw somebody else in it. that's never they go down the road like what. Uh, I got in one the other day. The guy, the guy, <laughs> yeah. it was it was eighteen wheeler. And the guy come in. He said, "Hey, I got a vibration in my right front tower." I got in and took off down the road, and it was like this. I mean, you was going down the road Eight working the steering slack. wheel. Yeah. And I said, well, what about all the slack in the front end? He said, what slack? Well, that's, he said, I ain't that's never paid no attention. Drives. Yeah, I got you. Okay, <laughs> listen, we got, we got to get a break. News is coming up. We'll have something to give away for you, so be pay, paying attention when we come back. And we got a lot more information to share with you. News is now. All right, so let's talk <coughs> something that uh, – we talk about a lot, but I don't think we can talk about it enough. And that's oil, because oil is not the oil that I used to use. All right, you, or my daddy. Yeah, you go into the you go into the store. You better know what exactly you're supposed to be putting your in your car when you go to get your oil changed. Now, if you're smart, you go to a bumper to bumper certified service center and they do a an, an oil service. For Correct. You. Which is uh, inspection, and we look at leaks and uh, hoses, your belts, yeah, brakes and tires, and 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 make sure that all the fluid levels are full. We check the rear differential if you have four wheel drive, front, rear, transfer case, everything. We don't just change your oil and run you out of there in ten minutes. We actually do. Uh, you know, a lot of times you can say, well, you don't have checked the rear differential. It ain't got no leaks. You can see that. Yeah, but what if it's got water in it? Yep. What if you've been deep enough and it went back into the, through the vent? That's right. So you want to look at that grease that's in there. And if that grease is milky, it needs to be drained because it's going to wear the bearings and the gears out. So And rust everything else up. Exactly. So there's a lot goes into our service. We use uh, Chevron Haviland motor oil. Uh, it's a fantastic product. We're happy with it. Uh, currently, B&M Oil Supply is supplying us with that. Angel and those guys do a great job. And we're proud to be associated with them and uh if you need your oil service done please give us a holler at one of the bumper to bumper certified service centers we'll be happy to take care of you and here's what else i'll guarantee they'll put the white the right weight yes in your car. it makes a big difference nowadays you know like some stuff is zero twenty five twenty five thirty well, your you timing put, and everything <clears throat> depends on the weight of the oil. Anyway. That's right. I mean, it's all and and Dave. Not only does it depend on the right kind of oil, it depends on clean oil. You know, you, you used to you could run a car ten or twelve thousand miles. I mean, it it would, as we used to call it, it would sludge it up, wouldn't it, Joe? Yeah. But nowadays, when oil gets dirty, nowadays it's so much of that stuff is is used by the oil that 
when it's dirty it don't work right i mean you know you got your cam phasers and stuff like that it don't work and those solenoids that work those phasers have very very fine screens in them. very fine screens and if you run your oil too long and deplete it and it can't function properly you're going to have an engine light or a service engine sooner a check engine light come on to telling you that you've got a uh, code for a cam phaser that is under retarded over retarded over advanced under re- and, and, stuck and or something it, it's it's not functioning and how many have we seen come in duck that they're complaining about the check engine light and you'll check you'll see that code and you'll check the oil on it and it just barely does t- yeah. touch the dipstick and it's black as coal yep first thing we got to do is service the oil on it get clean oil in there get the oil pressure up where it's supposed to be go clear that code go road test it and watch those solenoids and watch those phasers on a scanner and see if they're working and we've even had to take the solenoids out and clean the screens on them sometimes you replace the solenoid because it's all gummed up and you can't make it work right and it gets fairly expensive when you start replacing the solenoids and it's it's really bad on the timing chain tensioners and the guides and the chains themselves it lets them stretch out and the tensioners don't hold enough tension and you could spend thousands of dollars repairing the timing chains and guides and tensioners that's on some of these not fun i've no, seen them wear hose to the front covers on them they get so loose yep and rattling you'll hear them in the morning when they start to go <laughs> then they'll quit yep. quieten up but it's because the oil is depleted and wore out and it's you know it's got dirty and it's just not nothing not functioning like it ought to function and and, there, and and there's no excuse because most cars today send you little messages on your dashboard telling yes. you mine's, it's time mine for, ain't a little message mine's yeah. a whole it's a in driver, the center of the cluster yeah, the dic driver yeah. information center pops up there it'll tell you your yeah. oil percentage is down to 10 percent. change oil soon and then if you keep driving it's going to say change oil now yeah you know, it's it's like, hey, I want a hand come out of the dash and go slap, 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 no. slap, you know. <laughs> come on, man. Change my oil. Yeah, if you get it. past it, it opens up and says, I told you, take <laughs> it, it in for a repair now. You can walk. <laughs> but yeah. it, it's important that, that you put the right oil in them. What we do is we look it off of off the Mitchell database, and, and we look up what it was born with, and that's what we put back in it. The proper weight, whether it's a synthetic, full synthetic, a conventional, or a blend. And if your car's got 250, 280,000 on it, you've done a good job taking care of it. We'll put some high mileage oil in there to help it uh, keep the leaks down and uh, help it uh, just perform better and keep it from leaking because it helps <coughs> the seals seal up and keep them from leaking. And it also keeps, if it does burn a little bit of that oil, it's got detergents in it that keeps those converters from getting all stopped up and having a restriction in the exhaust so it's the high mileage oil some good stuff so listen to us we're telling you to go to the bumper to bumper certified service centers and you won't have to worry that you're not getting the exact weight oil you have you'll make sure that everything that uh, is supposed to be working is working correctly your fluids are good and all the rest because the folks at uh, the uh, bumper to bumper certified service center take care of all of that it is a oil service not a oil change and and i promise is one thing i promise you guys out there we're not doing it for free no we don't make a lot of money off of it but we ain't doing it for free and anybody that tells you you're getting a free oil change you need to watch them yep 
because there's nothing free in this world. You're going to pay for something. Somewhere. You've already paid for it if you bought the vehicle there. Yeah. Well, if the person that's changing sure. your oil, they got to buy the oil. They're going to get that money back. Well, and, and if they're giving it away, I promise you, they're probably not putting the highest quality oil in there. I can tell you that. Okay. And we've talked about that in the past. So yeah, sure. We, you know, we won't, you know, belabor the point here just to, mon- you know, to know. Make sure you're getting a good brand oil. Yeah. I mean, your look, your car is almost as expensive as your house anymore. So put good oil in it, now, was for it, goodness sakes. Was it Ford that went over $100,000 for a pickup? One of I can't remember who it was. I don't doubt that a bit. I one of them, one of them this year went over a hundred thousand oh dollars for God. a pickup. I think I think the last one I saw was seventy something. That was a GM, and that was a uh, Tahoe or, or a uh, Suburban one. I, I think four the, the XLT, but I, I think there was seventy six or seven thousand. I thought, man, this is just crazy for a car. It really is. But yeah, that's just me. That, so. That's no, that's not just you. That's that's a whole lot of people now, and. Let's talk about this just for a moment. You guys are technicians. Here's I've heard people tell me about this. They go in and you know we all like to go in and kick tires, all right? Yep. See what the new the new yep. automobiles look like and stuff. And then we see a sticker and we go oh you know like mm-hmm. that. And you go in and the guys start talking to you because they're all if they're a good salesman they're trying to sell you. That's what they're yeah. that's what they make their money off of. And you'll hear them at times because I've heard this before and I've heard it people tell me about it you start talking yeah you know i'd like to have one of those new ones because you know i'm starting to get a few miles miles on this one little ticky tack things are going bad and that is why we even worry about that you know we'll just roll that what you got left on on paying on this car into a brand new one and you'll have a 10-year warranty on there i'm being aware notes buyer beware let's i'm just saying that's the way any, you're trying to do it anymore any factory warranty does not or even aftermarket warranty does not cover maintenance items no it brakes. doesn't cover tires brakes spark plugs filters radiator hoses anything that's a maintenance item that's required to be serviced at a certain interval and it's a maintenance item the warranty doesn't cover that and, and you know, if you buy a vehicle and it's got a five-year warranty on it and the guy says, all right, I give you free oil changes for the life of the vehicle, well, that's fine. But if you went fishing down on the river or out there or to the lake, would you take bait with you? That's the bait. Mm-hmm. The free oil change is the bait because they want you to come back with 50,000 miles on it for that free oil change. They're going to say, hey, do you know these brakes are wore out on it? and and it needs this, it needs this, it needs a cabin air filter. And, you know, by the time they get through, they sold you $700 they, worth of stuff. And you think, man, it's come in for free oil change. And they may not be BSing you. It may be things that you need. Yeah. It might be, and it may be they're upselling it. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's they, it's they one of those you, deals. They throw you that 50,000-mile uh, service thing. You know, hey, look, in your book it says here you're supposed to service it at 25 This. And it's got a list all the way down. Yep. And you go to the next one, it's got a list. And you go to the next one, it's got a list. I've had people come in and hand me a piece of paper. Hey, I've been here, and mm-hmm. they say I need all this. And I said, well, just leave me the vehicle. Let me get it checked over, and I'll call you. If you do need something, I'll tell you. And, you know, sometimes, Most of the time, about <clears throat> 50% of what they say it needs, it can wait a while. Yeah. you know, And, and I tell people, hey, you need this, and you need this, and then, but you're going to need this eventually. So let's get this took care of. Then you can save your nickels. 
Right. And you have this old story they tell you when you go in there and you talk to the service writer. Well, you know, if you don't uh, let us service that vehicle, it could affect your factory warranty. Wrong. It will not. As long as you're having it serviced or doing the service yourself and you can show that it's been serviced and you're using the proper oil and the proper weight of oil, it will not affect that factory warning. You do not have to take it back there for that. Both of you enter that into a computer, don't you? Yes. Yeah, all you got to do is call me and, and Ashley can, about five minutes, she can hit the button and print everything off. Because I've yeah. seen you do that before. Yeah, I've customers come in and say, you know, I'm going to sell my vehicle, but I want to prove that you guys have been taking care of it and what all has been done. We'll print out a whole history list of what's been done. Everything from a putting air in the tar to putting wiper blades on, everything. Now, Dave, I will tell you this. I do not, my system is not hooked up to any social medias. Carfax or anything like that. Mine neither. And I'm going to tell you, if you come over to Joe's Garage, I don't want your home address, and I don't want your email address. I don't even want the license plate number off your vehicle. All mine is done by VIN ID, and it's decoded off the VIN. And the reason why? The reason why is that is is private information, and if I have it in my system and they have access to my system, it goes out in the world everywhere. I'll give you an example. customer came in, and his son brought in his Tahoe. He picked it up. About a week later, he called, and he said, Hey, my son can't find his garage door opener. You guys were the last ones to service it. Do you think somebody there (laughs) knocked it out, kicked it out, or took it? I said, No, I don't think so. He said, Well, can you check? And I said, Well, I could. He said, You know, they have access to my house. I'm worried about this. I said, Well, read your receipt. He said, Why? I said, Just read it. He picked it up and went, you know, he hold on a minute, come back. And he said, what am I looking for? I said, top left, what does it say? It's got my name. I said, what else? He said, it ain't got my home address. I said, no, sir. Wouldn't do anybody here any good to have your remote. I don't even know where they're going to open the garage door. And they're going to drive down the road and start pointing at the garage doors. <laughs> and everybody likes that because they don't get all of these uh, flyers for their home address because that information so they don't get all of these emails from uh the advertisers there trying to sell them something so all i have is a cell phone number and a vin id and that's all i need so I, that's just me there's some other that's all you bigger need, companies right? out that don't want that information out there either and they're right. even not even hooked up with carfax or anybody but but i have my own reason for that it's my customers personal information i don't want the world to have it all right duck you said we had something to give away to. Yeah, we're going to give away a vacuum cleaner today. A wet dry vac? Yes. Like one we've been giving away. Okay, it's a five-gallon bucket. Yep. Nice to have for your boat if you got a boat. Also nice to have for your pickup. It's Let's good go for anything, back. Dave. I used mine the other day sucking water out of a out of a floorboard guy left his window on, and I just stuck it down in there and let it run for a little bit. Nice. And it so works great mind. for that, yeah. Fifth caller, 823-0965. 823-0965. You want the wet dry vac? It's yours. Just be the fifth caller, 823-0965. All right, back with you. Our winner of the vacuum cleaner is John Vestal. And uh, is that John on line one? He's on line three. Line three. Hey, John, how are you? I'm doing well. All right, you come. You're going to be able to use a, a, a wet dry vac. Oh, absolutely. Just go by there and see Dickie there at uh, Evans, and uh, just and be sure and take your driver's license in so he have a picture of you. Uh, Evans, where is that at? You know where military is. Uh, um, 
um i can't remember the, where they built the new baptist clinic there on military where the old joe's barbecue used to be uh not rough <laughs> you know anything you know where military is correct yeah i do know where military is it's kind of catty corner right across it's right behind uh, i can't remember the name of the tar place there um pro tar or something like it it's, it's where uh parsons used to be it's right straight behind it it's on watson street 408 watson street oh, okay okay just go by there and take but you got to have your driver license and tell him and he'll give it to you what kind of car All do you right. drive uh i drive a 2012 volkswagen jetta all right you like it having trouble with it or tell us a little bit about it uh no i like it i've uh i've actually done some work to it here recently uh i've did that seafoam uh the the hot shot injector cleaner to it Uh, i'm a full-time mechanic oh you are you just did a decarbon on us what you did i did and uh where we do the hot wash and yeah that that, that stuff it it did miracles for this this vehicle like i I can let it sit for a minute and yeah you know and you start it up after 10 minutes and it blows all that carbon deposit off of it oh the intake yeah, valves yeah it, it's it's good stuff seafoam is a fantastic product isn't it it is fantastic like i mean i, I buy my wife and uh myself like a, a bottle of it about once every month like to run through the car just to be able to clean off deposits and whatnot sure it's good stuff so john how's mr posey doing how's mr who posey Who's that? Oh, you don't work for Posey? I thought it sounded like John works for Posey. Oh, negative, negative. Uh, no, I, I work at CSMS in Camp Robinson. Okay. All right. Well, John, thanks we for appreciate playing. You for we calling. appreciate you listening. Yes, All sir. Right? Thank you, John. Right, you have appreciate a, it. All right. You. Have a good one. All right. Bye-bye. Congratulations on, on that. Who's on line one? Is that Willie? Does Willie want to talk to us? Willie. Willie, what do you want? Hey, Willie. <laughs> I got a very stupid question for Duck and Joe. What you got? I was looking at my owner's manual, and it says the spare tire is under the bed of the trunk. How do you get to under the bed of the trunk? What kind of vehicle are we talking about here? 95 Plymouth Neon. 95 Plymouth Neon. You still got that car? Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> Under the bed of the trunk, it's inside the trunk compartment. Yes. There's a pla- there's a cover Panel. that raises up. That's where it's at. It's down not underneath the, the vehicle. No, it's down in the hole. Yeah, it's down in the hole there, and it's going to be a space saver spare too. It's a little bitty dinky tire. Well, I, I looked for the for the for the opening to pull it up, but I can't find it. <laughs> it's there. It yeah, it's there. A lot of times you have to pull that uh, that mat up, and it'll be below that. And have a piece of hard cardboard there, or look like press board. Praise that up, and the tire be underneath that. Yeah, a lot of times the jack and everything was there, too. Yeah, it'd be bolted down with it all in the same place. Usually the jack's what's holding it down. Yep. Yeah, make sure that you check that once in a while, because the last thing you want to do is you have a flat tire and get out that tire, and it's, and it's flat. flat. How, uh, many, how many people you see do that? A bunch of people. Yeah, all the time. All right, Willie, that good enough? Yes, sir, thank you. Thank, thank you, you, Willie. Really now. All, right. all right, we're out of time, man. We're done. Got a couple of minutes here. So we we yes. need to say, hey, Dave, what's coming up? What's fixing to take place here in another four or five weeks? Winter's coming on. Well, winter is coming on. I was going to say elections coming well, on. Well, that too. Replace <laughs> your wiper blades. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. need to replace your wiper blades. You get ready to, st- to change your windshield washer fluid over to the winter one because they do make one for winter that's, that's, you know, zero degrees and stuff like that. And 
take your car and get it checked over take it to one of the service centers and get it took care of make sure you check the serpentine belt make sure you yep. check check the tires my See god if you have tread yes yeah. the last time you want to find the worst time to find out you don't have a lot of tread is when you're on snow and you apply the brake and you go sliding around in about 360 or degrees in about a quarter inch of water in your hydroplane and oh, you do yeah. one of those uh hula hoops down the freeway and if you're in the gauntlet out there 67 167 it'd be like a uh pool Ping ball pong. bouncing back and forth on the rails yeah i'm telling you that would be a bad yes that's a bad place to bad have that is. happen it is a bad thing to happen yep by the way have you did you notice that they changed the date for completion yeah it had been october 2018 mm-hmm. it is now march 2019 well, I think a lot of that's got to do with the how this summer went as far as rain, Dave. Think oh, really? of all the rainy days we've had this summer. And it's been raining for the past 10 days. It's hard to do construction work. If hard you're to pour concrete. On, well, the concrete and, 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 you know, part of the problem, Dave, is when it gets so, so cold outside, they can't pour no concrete. So they'll have to wait till. It warms up some before they can finish the concrete. Just buy, just yeah. hire a bunch of people hold umbrellas. <laughs> it's not the rain; it's the temperature. Well, if it's below a certain temperature, they can't yeah. pour concrete. Have them hold a lighter or something. I just yeah. I'm anything. just tired of it. Get it anything done. to get I done know. with? He wants, Dave wants to drive on six lanes freeway back and forth. That's exactly hey, right. Hey, Dave, come on down and get on get on Alcoa. They've been working on that thing. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'll be old and dead, I think, before they get through Probably with it. will. And and they, orange they're barrels. Counting on, they're counting on it. <laughs> orange I mean, barrels it, have been part of mine and my wife's right, life, Susan, for 22 years. Oh, don't say that. Either Highway 5 <laughs> or 61, 7, 167 or 40 has been worked on for 22 years from our house to the shop and back. Somewhere on that road, there's been orange barrels. All right. Next week, David Ray will be here with you guys. I will be sitting on a beach with a drink with an umbrella. My time, huh? Yeah, I'll be doing my thing. I'm taking vacation. We're going to call you and pestrate you. That's all right. You go ahead. Send me I'll, a picture. I can ignore your, your phone call. <laughs> yeah, I'll be sure to send you a picture. Yeah, send me a picture on the beach with I a little did. umbrella drink. Yeah, with my Speedo on. There I you don't. Just, that's what I was speaking hey. to say. Will you Speedo on? Send him a picture. From, from chest up, that's all I need. <laughs> all right. We'll take a break thank and, you uh, we'll be back with more of the dave ellswick show after the news chuck and uh, jill thanks so much good day <laughs> all right let's get it underway for the five o'clock hour most of us now are uh, finish up work uh, for our wednesday so you have made the halfway point friday looms before you my vacation looms before me because after i leave the air on friday i'm heading to florida uh to i haven't ever been to the redneck riviera I'm making my way over this uh, this weekend to, to go down to Panama Beach, Florida. Thank goodness Florence is not in the Gulf of Mexico. I would have been really disappointed if it had because I've been planning for this since May. I've been so I haven't been on a vacation in about nine years. So I'm I'm looking forward to doing this and just getting away and having some fun. Jim Portell is with us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. There's a special event coming up on Saturday. I'd like you to be part of it because uh, if there's one thing that we have lost in this country, it is knowledge of 
the Constitution. Mm-hmm. It's important to know what's in the Constitution. You know, everybody talks about, I got a, I got a right. Well, you don't know what your rights are if you don't know what the Constitution right. is. The government has certain things they're supposed to do to protect your rights. They don't give you your rights. They protect your rights. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know that either, Jim. Amen, so that's right. Let me just turn it over to you and let you talk about what's coming up. Well, Dave, first of all, you're going to Panama City this, this weekend. Yes. I've got friends who are leaving tomorrow to go to Panama City. Good Same for place. them. Yes, sir. They get, they're smart. They understand. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Dave, uh, this coming weekend, we have scheduled an America's Cornerstone Celebration Picnic for uh, Constitution Day. It's actually going to be this Saturday from 12 noon to 4 o'clock in the afternoon. It's at MacArthur Park in Little Rock, just across the street from the fire station at 601 East 9th Street. And uh, I'd like for folks to realize that it it's it's kids-friendly. We are asking uh, parents to bring their children. Uh, I hope that um, high school students and maybe young college students will show up also because what you said just a few minutes ago about the lack of understanding of the Constitution. And, and Dave, my concern is that not just the, ki- the kids, but over the years, uh, I think that our public schools have diminished – the uh, the instruction in American history, and as a result, we are... Uh, You're singing my song. Uh, well... You want to do my show? I'll leave. <laughs> no, you sir. Do, no, you that... do my show? No, seriously. I mean, you're exactly right. Well, it's uh, here again, I think perhaps because of my age, I come out of the public school. I, I, my bachelor's so did degree, I. My bachelor's degree is in secondary education. Uh, my master's and doctorate along that same line as far as uh, education is concerned, and I began to realize back in the uh, back in the 1960s, my mother was a public school teacher, and she'd just come home and say, "Jim, look, see, we got problems, we got problems," and uh, so I, I'm sort of aware of that and uh, keenly aware, really. I was at Kent State University during that uh, uprising back in the back in the 60s. The National and Guard. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely right, sir. So uh, as far as our Constitution is concerned, the event this weekend, uh, I would hope that maybe uh, through our four speakers that we have, and we can talk about who they are, uh, but because of those four speakers, I would hope that we would present some information. But each one of us have about 15 minutes, and I said, my my message is 47 days long, you know, 12 hours, 46 minutes and 36 seconds, and I had to to shrink that down to a 15-minute period of time. And I realize that uh, time is constrained, but I'm looking forward to that time and hope that when the people get there that they'll actually listen during that picnic time. They'll listen to what we have to say because uh, I believe that it's going to be important for our understanding. Well, you have two speakers that people would be well-served to get their rear ends over there to hear them. Iverson Jackson yes, sir. is a great orator, <laughs> and he is a, he's a great patriot. You yes. want to hear him. And uh, Senator Alan Clark is going to be there. There's yes, another man you want to hear yes, what sir. he has to say. Both of them very knowledgeable men. Both of them very, very sold to the American exceptionalism that we all live with daily. Absolutely. And I, I know uh, Iverson personally. Uh, I've been in some of the meetings at the Capitol building where he's been speaking, and I'll tell you, I was really, really, really impressed. Uh, of course, he's, um, I think he's a retired uh, military officer, and as well as be, as a pastor. I've been to his church, listened to him speak there. Uh, I've never met uh, 
Uh, I've never met uh, Alan, Alan Clark. Clark. Oh, you're going to like him. He's a good man. I'm sure. He sure he is. And I've never met Randy Alexander from up in. Oh yeah, uh, it's Rand- Randy's there too. He's another great guy. Yes, sir. He's well. He's the. Uh, he's one of the four speakers. Okay. So anyway, I'm looking forward to meeting those gentlemen. I've talked with uh, uh, Randy on the phone, but I'm looking forward to uh, to to meeting him and uh, looking out over the years, uh, Dave. I. I I look at my own background as far as American history is concerned. When I was in high school, I didn't get any of that. I was a baseball player. I was just a little short kind of a guy, scared to death of the football coach, and he was the one who was teaching uh, political science. Okay. And so I avoided that that class. But over the years, I've begun to realize that one of the things that's, that's happening today, I think that we as pastors are remiss because we're not making a connection between the Bible and the Constitution, the Bible and governance in our in our country, so I I sort of hold we as pastors uh, responsible in some of these areas. All right, so let me ask you a question. Okay, it's something I've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe there's a new book out, and it's called "Get Out Now," and it's about the public school system. Mm-hmm. And I know that I make a lot of public school teachers mad. <laughs> When I start saying this, but I'm not talking about them as much as I'm talking about superintendents, school boards, and our federal mm-hmm. government. I, I just think that uh, the indoctrination that's going on in our public school system now is not good. But with that said, what really bothered me, I think when you look back in the history of our country, it was the church that did the schools at the beginning of this country. <laughs> And it would seem to me that that's what we need to get back to. Schools should be uh, run by churches. If if all the churches would start opening schools, there would be no need of public education, and uh, the cost of yeah. taking care of that education would be significantly reduced. Let me speak to that. In 19, 1997, I was sitting in, in a local restaurant with my wife. My daughter was there. And my daughter was complaining about the public school system and about what her children weren't getting. Mm. And a lot. Uh, I've sort of been a, uh, I've been a someone to plow ground. And when I heard that, because of my, because of my educational background, I said, you know what, I'm going to start a school. And I, I organized from April to September. I organized the John T. Goad Christian School. Mm-hmm. My wife said to me, "Where are you going to get the students?" I said, "They're going to come. They're going to come." I had, didn't have a large church, so I began to plan for that. And by September, we ran the church. We ran the school from 1997 to 2004. I had I had um, uh, volunteer teachers. I taught them how to use the curriculum taught them how to uh, to go about teaching that curriculum. We had children from K-5 to grade 12. I taught somewhere along the line. I taught every one of those levels when when it was necessary. I was the superintendent and listen, we had the we had 40 students and when I when I uh began to enroll, the question was what's the curriculum going to cost? It was $450 a year. Okay per student we had pre preschool care after school care we had all of our teachers were volunteers and we graduated our kids we graduated them and sent them into college we had i was the only one that had a certificate teaching certificate and i mine expired in 19 19 1980 mm-hmm. that's it and 
it was successful, Dave. We were. I took children that that were coming to me from the seventh grade, and put them back in a second grade curriculum in order to teach them how to read, how to write, how to how to spell. So we. It was very very successful. And it, when when some of my teachers got ill, some of them moved. I said it's time to disband the school. They went back to the public school system, and I had I had parents come to me and say, look, my children are now teaching students in that class what they learned here. So I, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, I, I wouldn't put my child in public school today. I, I just, I think, it, well, not with what they're teaching now. Yes. And the values of the public schools typically are not the values mm-hmm. of the American sure family. Enough. All right, let's get a quick break. It's 17 okay. minutes after 5. We come back. Jim's going to tell you more about this yes. special event on Saturday. You want to be part of this. And uh, it's going to be at MacArthur Park, right? MacArthur Park. It's going to start at what time? 12 o'clock noon, sir. Okay, 12 o'clock uh, right up at noon. And it goes until when? 4 o'clock, sir. Till 4 o'clock. All right, we'll be back. We'll tell you more about it as we continue the Dave Ellswick Show here at 101.1 FM. The answer. All right, got about 10 minutes remaining with our uh, our guest, and we're going to talk a little bit more about what's going on this Saturday. Jim uh, Bertel is with us. And, and, Jim, I'm going to get with you. Let me just tell everybody Absolutely. about PI Roofing. Uh, they're making an offer if you're a person who can use their hands, you like to work outdoor, if you're looking to get a career started, PI Roofing and Home Solutions is expanding their operations department that's to better serve their customers as they grow, and you can go build your future with them. PI Roofing Home Solutions has career opportunities now in the commercial roofing and service division, uh, residential roofing and service division, and home solutions division. You can make a difference with PI Roofing and climb your ladder to success. All you have to do, apply at piroofing.com. That's one word, piroofing.com, or call them 501-707-3551 to get more information. It's 501-707-3551. All right, so, Jim, what what are you hoping to instill in this that's coming up at MacArthur Park starting at noon on Saturday? You know, I think if someone asked the question, what is, what is Constitution Day? Uh, obviously, there's going to be a picnic. We're drawing a crowd uh, using the picnic idea. But if someone said to me, what, what is this Constitution Day? I don't think a lot of people r- realize that. And one of the things, Dave, that I, I think also is not clearly understood is that, that there is um, – if a, if a public school or a school system that is receiving funds from the federal government, they are required to teach the Constitution sometime during the, the, the Constitution week. So if someone asked me, what is all this about? I said, well, it's an, it's an American federal observance designated by the U.S. Congress. And uh, our, uh, our event is going to be along that similar line. If someone said, what's the purpose of all that? Well, it's to commemorate the creation and signing of the Constitution on September 17, 1787. It's also designed to honor and celebrate the privileges and responsibility of U.S. citizenship. Now, I like something you said a little earlier, and that is a government doesn't give us our rights. Nope. God Go- gov- gives us our rights. That's right. God gives us our rights, and government is supposed to protect them. Yeah. Well, the, uh, Constitution Day, we're, we're going to try to recognize 
recognize the adoption of the United States Constitution and also to recognize native-born and naturalized citizens. Well, uh, it's normally held on the 17th of September. That's the day designated, but because this is a weekend, uh, we wanted to get more people out, so we actually chose to do it on that day. All right. So was this your idea? No. As a matter of fact, uh, it it actually originated with the uh, Hot Springs Village Tea Party. And uh, there are several Tea Party groups. It's not a political thing. It's yeah. not a political thing at all. But uh, Dr. Jade Sierra, Sierra is sort of the, uh, the force behind this. But there are – and she lives in Hot Springs Village. But um, – uh, she's the force, and the Hot, the, the Hot Springs Village uh, Tea Party, grouping with some other tea parties up in Faulkner County, uh, have just decided to put this thing together. I think it's a great a great idea. As well, a matter, yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, I sort of stumbled into this thing, uh, Dave. I uh, have a pastor friend, two pastor friends, one in Hot Springs and one in Arkadelphia, and they asked me to speak uh, at their Patriots Bible Conference out in Hot Springs just so happened there was a man from hot springs village that was in that in that group that day and when he heard me talking about the bible and the constitution being organically connected he came up to me and asked me would you be willing to speak at this event i said if they want me to i'd be glad to well the next thing i knew that they had uh they had offered me the opportunity and so that's that's sort of why i'm there but it's uh the hot spring it's actually the tea party group but i don't want they don't want that to say, well, it's just going to be a political kind of a thing. Right, no, right. It's about the Constitution. Yeah. They want you to understand what the Constitution is. Amen. It is a, Amen. It's such a vital document that so many people ignore now. There's so yeah. many things that go on in our country <laughs> that really shouldn't be going on, like yeah. safe zones on college campuses. There shouldn't be any such thing. No. The Constitution gives you a safe zone. That's right. That's right. It gives yeah. everybody the right to say what yeah. they want to say, and yeah. you can either take it as just pablum, or you can take it <laughs> as uh, you know royal honey. Yeah, I mean, one or the other. Yeah, sure enough. We well, you know if if uh, again if 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 people are going to come, and we're actually asking them to come to this, they might want to consider some things before they come. Right. For, example, for example, for uh, example, seating. Well, we'd ask people, if they would, just bring your own lawn chairs or blankets if you want to sit down someplace. And there will be a lawn chair area that will be uh, will have limited overhead um, cover for warm weather. Uh, you can bring your pop-up tents, uh, and there will be an area designated for the pop-up tents. But you need to get there before the program begins so we're not disrupting things by trying to put that tent up. Parking will will be available, uh, certainly, and I want to emphasize again, admission is in fact free. There will be gifts available, and there is that cash prize for the crazy patriotic hat contest. What about food? It's a picnic. Well, we're asking people to bring their own picnic baskets. Mm-hmm. However, if you don't bring the picnic basket, Roxy's hot dog stand will be present at the event. And uh, also, the cafe at the... Uh, Art Museum will be available, and there will be iced water available to be purchased. Okay? All right. Going to be some, but going to be some great music, too. Oh, what you got? Yes, sir. Uh, Julian uh, Dwight Farrell will be coming from Hot Springs, and Pastor Michael Eubanks, who is my associate pastor at the Christian Way of Life Church, he's a professional saxophonist and vocalist. 
and he'll be playing uh, during that time. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Okay. Now, he was talking about uh, because it might be warm on Saturday. Well, here's what the <laughs> forecast looks like. Yes, sir. It's going to be 90 degrees. Mm-hmm. going to feel like 97 degrees. Uh-huh. Only a 10% chance of rain and a lot of sun. So I would bring an umbrella you know, if you're going to yes. sit out there with a, a folding chair or whatever yes, and keep yourself comfortable. Yeah. And we actually have uh, we have some uh, sort of like carport uh, places that are portable. Okay. All right. And going to set up several of those. So if somebody wants to stay out of the sun, uh, I would encourage them to get there early so they get their, their chair set up under the, uh, under the canopy. Got to love that. That's going to be some great, great uh, uh, weather for you. Okay. We're down to just about six. See, you were worried about a half hour. We're down to 60 seconds. Really? Yeah, we've well, already let me, let me do this. Let me thank you for who you are, your wisdom, your radio program, and thanks for having me on the program today. Well, you're you're very welcome. I'm I'm a big supporter of this type of effort. It's a grassroots effort, and uh, if if we we would have more of these, people would would know more about the the founding documents of this nation, Amen. which they got Amen. to get a hold of. Tune into my Bible class tonight and find out. All right. That sounds good. (laughs) We'll be talking a little bit about that also. All right. Good. All right. That's going to wrap it up with with Jim here. And then uh, don't forget that's this Saturday. Starts at noon. MacArthur Park goes to four. Think about the speakers. You got Iverson Jackson, great orator. You got Alan Clark, another good orator. Mm -hmm. Uh, Randy uh, and Alexander is going to be there, former uh, state representative. Mm -hmm. Uh, a good speaker as well. And then Jim himself is going to be speaking yes, as well. And you're going to tie the organicness uh, of the Your Bible organic with connection the between the Bible and the Constitution. All right. Sounds great to me. I love this. Thanks, All right. sir. Coming up, uh, we got the news for you. After the news, Ann McElhaney is going to be with us. She wrote the book, Gosnell. You'll remember Ann uh, from my show when we had her on at CPAC two years ago. Well, they've made a movie out of her book. We're going to have a screening of that movie on the 27th. But Anne's going to join us today to remind you what the movie is all about. And it is a serious, serious subject. That's coming up next. Back with you, final half hour of a Wednesday show. And I got a special guest with us today. I uh, ran into Anne McElhaney when I was at CPAC two years ago. She had a book out called Gosnell, and uh, we uh, were able to get her on to the air and talk to her about this story. Never in my wildest dreams did I ever thought that I would hear the story I heard from her. Uh, not only this is a story nobody wanted to tell, and Ann and, and uh, her significant other got got together and and put all the and put this book together and when you read it it will give you nightmares because it tell you know she's known before Trump found out the hard way that the press has their own agenda and thanks for joining us here on on the Dave Ellswick show again it's a pleasure to have you back and this is Oh it's great to be here thanks Dave uh, I got to tell you what this is a story that was crying out for somebody to tell it and you told it, and now you got you got a movie that you've put together, and we're going to show it on the twenty seventh of this month here in Little Rock. That's right. Bottom line yeah. is nobody wanted you to tell this story. 
That's right. That's right. There was, you know, I mean, you know, nobody wanted The media didn't want it. You know, the, the local local authorities, the government, the Department of Health, the Department of State, and politicians, right up to Governor Ridge, by the way, Republican governor, who, you know, who, who, did, who, who was a part of, part of the problem in Pennsylvania. And it's an extraordinary story. This. I mean, it's an extraordinary story, and everyone should know about it. It's a modern-day Holocaust happening right here in the United States. And Kermit Gosnell is not an outlier. But I'm really hoping people will come along with you uh, to our special screening, and I'm, I'm going to be there um, to, to meet people and to talk about it. And the film is coming out on the 12th of October. It'll be shown in 750 screens across the country. And it's really important that people come out, get tickets, and, and are there, you know. Yeah, well, absolutely. And uh, let me remind everybody, this will be at Riverdale 10. Uh, everybody knows Matt Smith. He's uh, He and I have worked together for years, almost 20 years now, doing a classic movie uh, that we do every month. Last night we did Forrest Gump. Uh, but we also like to do things like this. And I I remember talking to you two years ago and asked you if, if anybody had looked, thought about making this into a movie, and you said there were people thinking about it, and I think that was you. That's <laughs> what it was. Because you're the one who's, right. who's been the, 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 the force that has moved this uh, along Florence has nothing on you. You're uh, you're a storm in and of yourself about this oh, about this story. Thank you very much. Yeah, no, we did we did crowdfunding campaign for twenty seven thousand people across the United States paid for this film. Paid, you know, donated two point three million dollars so that we could make this movie. So it, it's the people's film. It's a film and a story that people are demanding that is seen. That people find out what happened. How this man, this abortion doctor in Philadelphia, you know you know, operated for 30 years without anybody stopping him, where he routinely delivered babies alive and then killed them. Um, and he's serving three life sentences because of that. And people know very little about the story, and they know very little about the cover-up, and they know very little about how the media tried to ignore the story. Mm-hmm. So we're going to change all that. And they know very little about the victims. They know very little about Karnamaya Monger, a Bhutanese refugee who had come to America, you know, after spending 20 years in a refugee camp in Nepal, you know, was here four months in America before she died at, at Kermit Goswell's clinic. Um, they're going to find out about her. They're going to find out about baby boy A, born in 2008 on the 12th of July, who lived for a day, um, for a few hours in that day, and had such an impact on the staff at this clinic that two of them took a photograph of him. And he, he basically, that baby, that baby boy A, he, he, he became known as, um, you know, is, is the reason that Kermit Goswell is behind bars forever for three life sentences. He'll never see the light of day. Um, and people will get to know that story, but they'll also get to hear in the story of the really heroic um, and, and intrepid and brave detective, Detective Jim Wood, played brilliantly in this film by Dean Cain, who is the guy you know that pursued this case, that discovered this case, and that you know it, it was single-handedly you know ensured that this guy would never get to kill anyone again. Yeah, it's it, first of all, let me explain to everybody: it's PG thirteen. Uh, it, it's, it's, a, you know, a serious issue. You might not want to bring a five-year-old to it, but a 13-year-old for sure can, can understand, uh, Absolutely. what is being, being said and, and the, the points that Absolutely. are being made. Uh, and, uh, and also, the, and also we don't show anything. I mean, we're very careful about that. So it's not a horror show. It's a lot like, if anybody's listening out there, it's an awful lot like an, uh, you know, LA law or CSI, mm-hmm. or one of those things, you know, uh, you know, law and order. It's like a law and order episode. Um, you know, you hear a lot, but you don't see a lot. Um, um, and we were careful about that because it's important that teenagers go to see this, that young people go to see this and find out and get an education on what's going on in America. 
you know, and one thing that I I learned when I talked to you back in CPAC back in what, 2017, I guess it was, was that nice. when you went into this, uh, you weren't a pro life person at that point. You were, um, you, you know, abortion was, you know, pro choice basically for you, was it not? That's absolutely true. Um, and I think, you know, I often say, and I think I've probably said it to you before, you know, that Planned Parenthood are, are geniuses, that they've managed to pull the wool over people's eyes, that people don't seem to, you know, and I was one of them, don't know the reality of abortion in America, don't know the law in America, don't even know how an abortion is done, and people should know that. Um, and I can tell you that the, the jury in this trial who got to hear the evidence, who got to get this education about what an abortion was versus what murder was, um, were more shocked by what was legal in America than what Kermit Godel had done illegally. So they were really shocked at the laws, where in this country you can have an abortion up to nine months in quite a number of places, you know. Um, so people people were shocked by that, and people remain shocked by that, and people get an education out of that. And I'm one of those people who got an education, and I'm not the same person I was, and I certainly could not be described as pro-choice anymore. All right, so Anne is going to be with us on the 27th. The 27th of this month, and you'll remember, Anne, I said, I've got to, if you do this as a movie, I'll bring you to, to Little Rock. I do remember that. And we've, we're, we're bringing you to Little Rock, all right? We're going to, we're, we're, I, I believe in keeping my promises, and we've kept yes. our, our promise on this. So the 27th, you'll be here. Uh, Anne is going to be flown in. She's going to be here in the United States, and we're lucky enough to have her come in. She will talk to the crowd before the movie, then we'll show the movie. She'll be around to answer questions afterwards. It's a very special event, a screening. I call it a premiere, give you an opportunity to come out and meet Anne. Uh, you're going to bring some books with you, so if people want a copy of the book, they can? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we have books as well because, I, you know, I think the movie, you know, we don't show anything in the movie and we, we were careful in the way we told that story in the movie that it wouldn't upset people, that it wouldn't be something that would haunt anyone. The book is different. The book is everything that everyone, you know, all the information that anyone would want. Um, I highly recommend the book as well. So, yeah, I'll be there. I'll sign books and I'll be, um, and I'll sell books and I'll be talking to people about anything that they want to talk about when they've seen the film, when they've had a chance to understand the story that's so hard in some ways it's so hard to comprehend what happened, you know, that this was allowed to happen in a civilized country, you know, in a progressive state like Pennsylvania, you know, where we're supposed to believe it's very progressive. And here's what happened. You know, two women died in that clinic, uh, Karnamaya Monger, a Bhutanese refugee, as I said, and Samika Shaw, a young African-American mother who died in 2000. Neither of those deaths, neither of them, was investigated by the Department of Health. It's almost impossible to believe. However, it's true. So the Department of Health in Harrisburg did not go to the clinic, did not go across the threshold of the clinic to examine what had happened in the case of these two deaths. I mean, you know, when you think about how the Department of Health, you know, operates closing down restaurants, closing down, you know, bars and saying that there's been, you know, some kind of scare, health scare. Two women died that didn't inspire them sufficiently to get them to, to go and investigate. And if they had gone and investigated, you know, what they would have found would be, you know, a clinic with cats walking around freely throughout the place, uh, untrained staff, including an anesthesiologist of 15 years old, uh, doling out the meds. Um, and, you know, and in, and in one part of the place, in the kitchen, where they had the peanut butter and jello sandwiches, jars of baby's feet in jars that he, mm. had, kept, that he had kept as trophies. So 
so you know, it's an extraordinary story. It's one that needs to be known. You know, we we all know about Jodie Arias. You know, the girl who murdered the Mormon kid, the Mormon boyfriend that she murdered. And we all heard everything about that case, which was tried at the very same time. But no one's ever heard of Kermit Basel, or very few people. And I know a lot of your listeners have because you've been. You've informed them and educated them, but a lot of people in the country don't know this story. So I want people to come out. Let's meet, let's talk, and and then let's get everyone to come out when the film opens on on October 12th. Yeah, we're, we're going to uh, replay the interview that I did with you back in CPAC two years ago, because we've kept it. We've used it several times, and it, it, it's just such a sober, uh, you know, wake-up call for so many people uh, dealing with this topic. Let's take a quick break, Anne, if you don't mind, and then I come, I come back. I want you to talk about when you sat down face-to-face with this guy and, and what it was like. We'll talk about that. And the movie, Gosnell, is going to be on uh, the 27th on a Thursday night, uh, 8 o'clock. Uh, Anna will be there before. Well, it's going to probably be at 7.30 that we'll have her address the uh, the audience before uh, the movie and then let you ask a few questions. We'll let you ask a few questions after the movie as well. But uh, we're really uh, very lucky to have Ad, uh, Ann McElhaney be with us, uh, the, the author of the book, the producer of this movie. And again, this is a one-time showing at the Riverdale 10. Go to Riverdale10.com and you can buy your tickets online right now. Do not, again, miss this movie. Tell your neighbors, bring them with you. I love to sell out two or three theaters so people uh, really get uh, this story and start talking to their neighbors about it. Back with Ann after this break. All right, back. Last segment uh, with Ann uh, McElhaney, who is the author of Gosnell, who is the producer of the movie Gosnell. Let me remind you again, you can meet her, you can talk to her, you can hear what she has to say before the movie, Gosnell. We're going to do a premiere, a screening uh, of this movie at Riverdale 10 on the 27th. It's a Thursday. It's a week uh, from, two weeks from tomorrow. And I want you there. There's very few times that I tell you I think that there's something that you absolutely must see. This is something you absolutely must see. It will change your perspective about a lot. I mean, I know there's a lot of you that are pro-life out there. This is my show. You know how pro-life I am. But this movie had a huge impact on me. It really did. The book, Gosnell, sits on my nightstand next to my bed and i pick it up and read parts of it once in a while just to remember the horror uh that went on with the, with this guy and Ann, you met this 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 murderer there's no but a better word for him this murderer who is in prison now and i remember how chilled you were in that interview yeah i mean he's you know he's every kind of you know, cliche really of of what you expect a serial killer to be like. He's cold. He has this very odd aspect where he smiled all the time, laughed a lot. A guy who's facing, you know, who's three life sentences, who's in his seventies, who knows he, you know, at some level has to know he'll never see the light of day. He sang twice to me. Um, kept on putting his hand on my leg during the interview and then apologizing, but kept on doing it. Um, 
very, very creepy individual. And, you know, and he lies with, with ease. You know, he's very slippery. And I remember, you know, at the beginning, I, I kind of give him some softball questions to get him, just get him talking. Um, and then, you know, started hitting him with some hard questions. And, you know, and he would, uh, he would sort of smile and say, oh, you know about that. And with this very soft voice. Um, and he's got these clever answers to things, but nothing, you know, it's all, it's all lies. And I, you know, I know enough about this story to know that. Um, and that's why he is in prison. But I mean, to, you know, for anybody out there who's concerned about prison reform, I mean, if anything, this guy has got it far too soft. You know, he compl- his complaints are that he's not in the poetry class. But the tragedy of tragedies, that he didn't get into the poetry class that he wanted to be in. He's reading the Koran in two different translations and is one of the, you know, uh, is part of the Nation of Islam, goes to the Nation of Islam classes, but is also apparently a Christian, according to himself. Um, a very, very uh, bizarre character and, uh, and unsavory and distasteful. But I have to say, I, I reserve my, my greatest uh, anger and, and, uh, and, and wrath not for him, but for the Department of Health in Harrisburg, who neglected to investigate the murder of two of two women, the death of two women, and the murder of all these children, and um, that completely neglected to take care of the people of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania and ensure their health. Um, you know, and just a complete dereliction of duty is what is what actually happened here. But he's a, he's an incredibly creepy character. He writes letters to us, continues to write letters to us all the time. He used to phone me on my phone. I'd be out walking, and the phone would ring, and would I accept? charges from this, you know, from this inmate at Huntington Prison in Pennsylvania. And of course, I talked to him all the time because I wanted to, you know, get as much information as I could for the book. But I stopped talking to him since I got, I got what I needed. I, I've heard enough from him. I've heard enough of his lies um, wow. and his deception. Um, uh, but, he, but he continued to write letters like that. We have a pile of letters from him, you know, even stuff that's so creepy, like where he, you know, even wrote a whole series of uh, scripture references where he said the scripture references justified abortion and he also said poetry he wrote poetry poetry justifying abortion you know one in which one of the verses with a repeated line in it uh, abortion is a celebration of life abortion is a celebration of life and this is this is who this guy is that's who Kermit Gosnell is um, and people should know who he is and people should know that this happened in this century in America in progressive Pennsylvania and they should ask the questions the really hard questions about how did it go on for so long where was, the, where was the Department of Health and the Department of State? And, you know, most importantly, when it did come to light, where were the journalists who refused to report on it? Yeah, that's, that, that's a part of this movie that people are going to see. This is not your typical documentary. This is a movie, movie yeah. of this yeah. situation. Yeah, we've got Dean Kane, who used to be the young Superman, playing the lead role. He's, he plays Detective Jim Wood. And Sarah Jane Morris is playing the role of the of the ADA, of the Assistant District Attorney, Christine Wexler, Joanne Pescatori, and Ed Cameron, all rolled into one. And she plays that role absolutely brilliantly. And we have people like Janine Turner, that some of your listeners would remember Janine Turner from um, from Northern Exposure. Yes. Maybe that's bring, bringing us all back a little bit. Wonderful. play. Janine Turner plays a, an inverted commas, good abortion doctor who takes the stand during the trial to explain what a nice abortion looks like. Hmm. And I can tell you that the jury were very, very shocked by that. We also have people like Michael Beach, as people know. And, of course, the director of the movie is Nick Searcy, the actor Nick Searcy that, again, a lot of your listeners would know from Justified. And lots and lots of he's in two of the Oscar-nominated movies last year. And he both acts in the film and also is a director. So, you know, it's, 
we've we've very we're very proud of what we've achieved here, both with the book and and with the movie. And I think it's 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 a story everyone needs to know. It needs to be a story that is you know the name Gosnell needs to be known far and wide. All right, so I got to ask you one question: How does change the cast? I, you know, I, it's very interesting because I, I certainly heard while I was on set, and we didn't, you know, this is a professional movie. You can't be asking, you know, too many questions of the, of the actors. But I can tell you, I heard their conversations, and they were chilled by what they learned. And I think a lot of them had to have a rethink on, on everything they knew. I certainly know that. All right. Ann McElhaney, thanks so much, Ann. I'm going to see you here in just a few weeks. I look forward right. to it. You have uh, you have a good couple of weeks, and then we'll get together here in Little Rock. How's that? Look forward to it. I do. I All do. Right. I look forward to it. See you, Dave. All right. Bye bye now. Hi, right. Ann McElhaney here on the Dave Ellswick Show. She's a special woman. You're going to want to hear what this woman has to say. She grabbed hold of this story like a pit bull and would not let it go. And she's so right, and and it's portrayed in the movie. And that is uh, the press didn't show up for the trial. I don't want to give anything away, but the press didn't show up for the trial. They weren't interested. Why? Because abortion is the sacrament of the Democrat Party and for liberals. That's their sacrament. you got to see this movie. I'm just telling you. You have got to see it. We're going to show it to you on the 27th of this month at Riverdale 10. Again, as uh, Ann was telling you, it's not a bloodbath or anything like that. It's kind of like... uh, you know, uh, Law and Order or, you know, CSI or whatever, uh, that type of a, of a movie, you'll understand what's going on. It will not be visually shown to you. It's got a great cast in it. Go to IMDb, bring it up, Gosnell, G-O-S-N-E-L-L. Look at the cast. It is a superstar cast. You do not want to miss uh, this movie. Again, get your tickets, Riverdale10.com riverdale10.com uh and uh, buy your tickets get your uh, get your seat all set up and uh, if we fill another theater we'll, we'll look at filling a, a, another one after that uh this is a, a very special opportunity for all of us and ad McElhaney will be at uh the the number one theater just know that all right i'm out of time now tomorrow jr davis will join us He'll be with us in the first hour. We'll replay him in the last hour, and we'll have some best-of segments for you uh, during uh, the other two hours of the show tomorrow. On uh, Friday, just so you know, Grover Norquist will join me in the 2 o'clock hour here of the Dave Ellswick Show. We're going to talk to him about you know making these tax cuts uh, permanent. I'll talk to him about that uh, on, on Friday. i got to get home. Time for supper. I'm hungry, and the Cubs are on tonight. I'm watching them on ESPN. All right, you have a great evening. I'll see you tomorrow right here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 2 o'clock, 101.1 FM, The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.